Hello, and welcome to Famicast 75, the five-year anniversary of the Famicast, and your Famicast for March 2016. I'm your host, Danny Bivens, and today I'm joined by James Charlton. Go, Nene, go, go, baby. <laughs> and Ty Sugertz. Party robot! Now my head can spin. <laughs> and Mr. Cyrus Delaney. I have no business being on a 50th episode of that show. Anniversary for this show, or 75. I don't even know what episode this is. 50th anniversary, yes. So, I uh, got another exciting show for you guys. Going to kind of recap some of the Nintendo Direct stuff that happened here lately. A little late, I know. Haha, ha, point and left. Probably a little bit of navel gazing. Uh, Stop it. <laughs> nobody knows what you're saying. <laughs> Looking back on the past and fondly. Okay. That's what it means. Not only does Danny have to learn Japanese. (laughs) Is that like old English? (laughs) English, English. (laughs) I thought it was just English, but apparently not. No, it's not. (laughs) It is now. Well, uh, with that out of the way, (laughs) we'll go ahead and take a quick break here and be back with some new business. James, how about you start us off with new business here, man? Well, Danny, it's probably fitting that I go first, right? It's uh, it's five years since I decided to get a couple of guys and in a room. No, that sounds wrong. <laughs> it's five years since I decided to rip off um, RFN and do a Japan edition and call it the Famicast. And uh, somehow rope Danny and uh, Matt Walker into joining me. But um, it's also five years since, well, lots of things, actually. Five years since, you know, the big earthquake. Um, Five years since my first son was born, actually. He's going to be five next month. And uh, kind of befittingly, um, this month, my second son was born. Um, Pretty much like a week before recording this podcast. So, yes, it's it's kind of a, a major anniversary month. March in, uh, so yeah. Wow. Yeah, well, I mean, hey, congratulations to you on that, man, seriously. Thank you very much, yes. So uh, I'll try and be as ginky as possible, but as, <laughs> as you can imagine, I'm pretty tired. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, um, it's uh, it's good times, it's good times. It's uh, it's a lot of uh, a lot of celebration, a lot of celebratorin' to be done. <laughs> yes. Um, but I guess... That's not really interesting for a video games podcast. And people have already probably tuned out at this point and skipped ahead. What's that? <laughs> Were you saying something, James? Um, but if you want to hear about video games, um, I actually haven't been playing that much. Um, well, we're going to talk about it more later in the show, but you know, I've been playing Mario Maker again. Mm-hmm. I'm always playing Mario Maker. I but... didn't know you still played that game. <laughs> no, well, I do like an update on it pretty much every show, right? Oh yeah, that's what I throw into the episodes. I forgot. Well, to be fair, I do. Uh, <laughs> I, do I play Splatoon more than more than Mario Maker, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, with the new update, there's lots of cool new additions. And uh, what the hell? Why don't we just talk a bit about it now? Sure. Okay. Do you want to cue the music? Boom. There you go. 
So, hey, Mario Maker fans, here's your Mario Maker Minute live edition. It's totally not live, but this time I've got these guys joining in. So, yeah, there's a Mario Maker update. Um, there's some costumes. The uh, Mashiro, the, the lady, the, what do you call her, the help lady. The one she's in the uh, help section of the game. She's oh. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the but the major thing is um, this was actually mentioned in Nintendo Direct, which uh, we are going to talk about later. But um, they added keys and lots of ways to uh, obtain keys. So, for example, you can now have a key in a door. Uh, you shake the P block, and you get the key. Or there's another thing: if you shake the coin, you now get uh, red coins. Well, actually, pink coins yeah, technically. Right. And you can put up to five of these in the level, and when you collect all five, it will unlock the key. So this has opened like whole new. Ooh, that's world. a really cool new feature. I mean, people have been getting around this. There've been, you know, other ways to do this. You know, like um, making people go around, you know, certain places to unlock doors or whatever, or hiding it behind things, or making you hit blocks to unlock a door or something like that. Um, Usually involving P switches, um, and then the update before this one, they actually added P switch doors. Like you have to press the P switch to, you know, to make the door be filled in. You know, there's like an outline of a door, but this is like straight up a locked door. You try and you press up, and it just it goes and it doesn't open. So um, yeah, you can just like put the key down like uh, just randomly, or you can you know hide it in blocks. Uh, you can hide it in enemies. Uh, you can actually have it, you know, attach it to an enemy, and that could be the boss, and you have to defeat it to get the key. Right, and I, I know for myself, when I was making several stages back in, the, you know, a few months ago and stuff, I was thinking like, I want the players to beat this boss. So, exactly. you know, at the time, you just have to, like you said, you just have to kind of try to make it as difficult as possible for them to get past that boss and then get through whatever. And but this is, yeah, this is perfect, man. Yeah, I had, I had a level like this, and um, Danny, I think you played it, the, like an airship one where. Mm-hmm. Um, like Bowser's on the top, but like you could actually like just jump over him if you're fast enough. Mm-hmm. But you know, like I did want people to beat him before going in it, right? But anyway, <clears throat> so yeah, this is opens like you can do a lot more kind of adventure type levels. Sure. Um, you know, even like more, you know, Zelda, people like making Zelda levels in Mario Maker for some reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like maybe Zelda Two, I guess. Mm-hmm. Those will be a lot easier. And um, yeah, with the co- the coins, I, I tested this out just briefly. I haven't played, I haven't actually made a level with these features yet. Just kind of played around with them, experimenting. But um, you can actually hide the coins in. You know, you can have two sections to a level. Mm-hmm. You can actually hide, you know, say two in the top and three at the bottom, and that will all count towards the the same thing. Um, it's actually there's actually a new um, kind of. Uh, UI feature now like if you have coins in your level in the top right it'll have those kind of square brackets mm-hmm. um, you know like it does in uh, which Mario game would that be maybe Mario Advance or something like that right yeah uh, Mario World I think does it as well, well yeah. <clears throat> yeah so the square, square brackets with like dots so you know like how many more you have to find so you know they've gone full on and this is like you know probably integrated you know like it like an actual Mario game uh, has them, so it's it's pretty cool. And because um, I, I was actually worried that it would they would separate the top and lower 
um, sections separately and you, they wouldn't cross over, but it's totally fine. You can actually have a, a key in the top bit to unlock a door in the bottom section, things like that, you know. Mm. So, you know, you can pretty much do anything now. It's uh, a lot of exciting opportunities. It's really amazing because the game already felt so featureful. Like, it feels like a complete perfect game as it is. This right. is just an extra amazing layer of icing on top of it, out of nowhere almost. That's right. And it's, yeah, like I said, you know, more adventure type levels are going to be, you know, propping, popping up now because, you know, without these things to slow people down, you know, if you want people to search through your level for stuff, there was not, there's not really anything you could make them do. You know what I mean? You could make them find a P-switch, something like that, and then carry it to a certain part of the level, but it's, there's nothing really more you can do other than that, you know? Right. But now you, you've got, you know, the, you know, the thing that, it, classic thing that Mario games are famous for coins mm-hmm. there's things to look for now and hunt and then when you do find them all you can get a key and then you've got to find the door that it like, unlocks right so I actually don't know how many locked doors you can put in a level that's I could have sworn they showed it on the direct was it just four uh, well, there's, it's, there's, yeah there's usually four doors like the doors up to now you've, you've been able to have four sets like uh-huh. the, just the regular doors, you know, they put like the um, the uh, what do you call the the playing cards symbols, right? You know, whatever. Um, and then with the P switch doors, yeah, you could have the same. Yeah, so it's probably four. Mm-hmm. So you can yeah, potentially you can have eight doors and you know four keys mm-hmm. and uh, those coins as well. But yeah, only up to five coins, I think. Yes, that's right. So yeah, you'll have to find uh, other ways of hiding keys other than the things. I already had an, an idea for a level, like, kind of like, uh, I guess I could call it like a Zelda-inspired one. Like, have basically, like, four kind of temples, so to speak. Like, have, like, a fire temple, ice temple, and have people explore each one. Mm-hmm. And there's a coin at the end of each room. And then once you've kind of uh, got the coin from each temple, then it will unlock the final gate, which will let you um, fight Bowser or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of idea that I'm going with anyway. I haven't started on that, just in the, right. just in the sketching uh, sketching uh, part of uh, the design process. I haven't sketched anything down. <laughs> <laughs> Talking on my ass. But yeah, um, Mario Maker, still good and getting better. And it's exciting. The, the, the only, the last uh, requested feature that has yet to be implemented is the um, you know, drawing diagonally, you know, right. doing, doing slopes. I was just thinking about that the other day. Um, you know, in my head, I'm I'm kind of trying to wrap my head around how they would do that, um, but um, other than just you know, it's just just drawing in a diagonal and it does the diagonal. But like, how would you do that? And if you wanted just steps, it, oh, it's kind of yeah. like if you wanted steps, like how would you do that? They you could know? do like uh, have a piece as like a hill, and if you shake it, it becomes steps. They could do something like that. Yeah. Or maybe if you just double tap it, it kind of flicks between a square and a triangle or something like that. Sure. Yeah. Oh, then I'm sure they'll figure it out if they yeah. do do that anyway. Maybe that's the th- why they haven't done it. Maybe they haven't found a, you know, a slick way of doing it. Anyway. Possible. Yeah. Um. That's about it. That's the only thing. Well, you know, like usual, Splatoon. There was this Splatfest and all that kind of stuff, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> We'll talk about that uh, maybe later on in the show. Because we've got uh, Splatoon news as well to talk about. Okay. Cool. 
So, Danny, you've been playing Mario games. Yes, I have. So, yeah, actually, that's about exclusively what I've been playing. So, um, you know, a few months back, I think I maybe mentioned on the show that I picked up, you know, the mouthful of a game, Super Mario Advance 4, Super Mario Brothers 3, um, on the Game Boy Advance Virtual Console on the Worst Wii U. Game ever. Fake. Fake. <laughs> And yeah, you say all these things together, and it just sounds ridiculous, right? The name of the game, like where you play it at, you know, come on. The number gets smaller in the title. It just, ah. Uh. Like, Super Turbo. Reading our show notes here where you have your other game listed, I thought it was one solid game title. <laughs> Actually, yeah, like, looking at that. I thought it was three game titles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. <laughs> the, the, first, the first game was Mario Brothers 2. Mm-hmm. The second game was Mario World. Mario World. The third game Yoshi's Island, and then... which is Super Mario World to Yoshi's Island. <laughs> <laughs> Super Mario Advance Three, Yoshi's Island, Super Mario World Two. Yeah, I mean, uh, Miyamoto and a dartboard, basically. Yeah, I think at least like on Nintendo's website. Uh, on their like uh, listings and stuff like that for the game, they just listed as Super Mario Advance uh, Four for you know the Mario Three on the GBA. Um, but is I don't the Japanese name different. I I thought that maybe officially it is, but I, I uh, then I saw something else that said otherwise. I I don't really know for sure, but at least that's how they're they're not putting this ridiculous long name on the like Nintendo's website right now and um, stuff like that. So I, I actually have Super Mario Advance. Uh, insert number here, colon, Super Mario World. Oh, yeah. And I had that, too. I love Super Mario World, and I thought I'd give it a shot, and I ended up really not liking it. Wow, because really? Because they, they changed all the music, and <laughs> the GBA music is terrible compared to the uh, Super NES. Yeah, well, I, I haven't played the that version of the game in, a, in years, probably since I bought it at launch, for the, or when it came out on the Game Boy Advance. So I can't really say anything about the music, but you know, with this particular version of Mario 3 that I'm playing, it's almost kind of like the uh, one that you find in Super Mario All Stars. There's a lot of like similarities between that, between some of the you know graphical enhancements that they have, and you know it makes sense because the Game Boy Advance is you know basically a portable Super Nintendo minus <laughs> you know some of the buttons. Um, but you know, overall, I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, come on, everyone's played Mario 3 and. Um, you know, the biggest kind of draw that to this game for me was, you know, being able to play all of the e-reader stages oh, right. without anything, you know, to do. You know, you don't have to do anything crazy to even unlock them. They're just there from the start. But, <clears throat> I mean, I, I played through some of them, but, like, uh, for example, at first, like, some of the first stages that they have listed, like, chronologically are just remakes of Super Mario Brothers stages with Super Mario Brothers 3. <laughs> you know, aesthetics. It's for, it's for cheapskates who can't afford Mario Maker. <laughs> how, how much was this, by the way? Uh, I think it's 702 yen. So, like, I don't know, seven bucks. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, actually, there is actually um, a user on in Mario Maker who's dedicated to making all the Mario, uh, the e-reader cards levels. Mm-hmm. So I actually just followed him. Uh, you can follow people within Mario Maker. I just followed him and I played, you know, all of these levels. Well, his recreations of them anyway. Right. I think there are some differences, like there are certain power-ups that are not in uh, Mario Maker. Yeah. 
but uh, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, some of them are very kind of basic, aren't they? They're just... Yeah, I mean, like, you don't really yeah, like do anything special. 20 seconds long. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, some of them were just kind of throwaway. Some of them were just kind of stupid. Like, I, I don't know, it didn't really seem... It's like, okay, this is why this is just an e-write, e-card optional stage. It's just not that great. Uh, are they all accessible from the beginning? Yes. Okay. So, and like, yeah. you know, in the game, if you go past, like, all the different save slots and stuff, there's, like, something that says, like, hey, you know, e-card stages. And I guess what you'd originally do is that you go to, like, this kind of overworld type of map, and it there's really not much there. There's a castle that, as far as I can tell, you can't really do anything with. There's a couple of locked mushroom houses and stuff. And then there's, like, this weird, like, pulsating block like on the map that you can go on, and if you hit, you know, I think A or B, you can. It opens up like a menu, of basically all these e-card stages. And I, I'm assuming, because I've never, I never had the e-card reader, but I'm assuming it's basically you probably press that button, and then you have a chance to scan in your card, and then you know right. it, it shows up there. Makes but, sense. But yeah, I mean, you know, I guess back to just the Mario three part of the game. Um, you know, they did make some changes in the game that. I, you know, recently, I usually play through the original, like, you know, NES Mario Brothers 3 almost every year, basically, or so, and um, they made some changes to make it kind of, like, a little bit easier, like, for example, in World 6, there is this, I think it's, like, 6-5 or something like that, there's a stage that the only way to get to this particular mushroom house is beating this stage where you have to take a turtle shell up top to, like, and you have to fly with the turtle shell, and then, like, kick it and, like, knock out some little piranha plants that you can't basically touch. Um, right. So it's really, you know, it's really tough to do. But what they did in this version, you know, they made it so you could just go to that mushroom house regardless. It's just there's a different <laughs> path that they opened up. And okay. there's, a, there's a couple of other things, too. Like, I remember in, I think, World 1.5 or 1.6, um, there's, like, some platforms that are a little bit wider or, you know, stuff like that, just to kind of make it easier. And it's like, oh, man, really? <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think they did the same thing for Mario World. Uh, I can't remember what it was, but there was something I was like, oh, wow, that's a lot easier than it was on the uh, Super NES. Mm-hmm. Uh, something to do with, like, some of the secrets, uh, like the secret rooms and stuff were a lot easier to do. Or it, it, gave, it unlocked more things than usual. Right. I yeah. can believe that. Do you, do you remember that little tiny, it wasn't really a level, but it was just like you could just get all the power-ups and Yoshi? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There, was, there was something about that, like you could, it gave you more than usual or something. Really? Or you could, you could get like any color Yoshi you wanted or something like that. I can't remember. That's... You know, before it was only the green Yoshi, but like yeah. with that one you could you could get the blue Yoshi anytime you wanted and then you could fly anywhere, you know, you know <laughs> the, the blue Yoshi you can get through <laughs> yeah. it. Or even better, get the yellow Yoshi and you do everything. Right. But, you know, any at any rate. So, yeah, I, I've been playing that. I beat it, and it's fun. It's Mario 3, so that's cool. I kind of want to try out some of them, all those e-card reader stages to see if I like them any better. And I, 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 you know, I've seen different footage of different types of stages and some kind of crazy mits, mismatch stuff from, like, Mario World in, like, these or something. So I'm, I'm really curious to kind of delve a little bit deeper. But... Um, yeah, it's crazy. Crazy, like they've got like all the power-ups from like World and Three and everything, all in like one level. Yeah. And, like, yeah, and, like yeah, all elements from that are not usually in that game are all in there together on those right. e-reader levels. They're kind of yeah, it is very Mario Maker esque, I guess. Yeah. Like just everything's thrown in. Right. 
But uh, speaking of <laughs> redundancy, uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> so... Don't get me started, Danny. Yeah, I'll just kind of talk about this a little bit. We'll get into this a little bit deeper later on, but I did manage to pick up uh, Super Mario World on my 3DS on the Virtual Console, uh, the Super Nintendo version. And, 3DS um, or new 3DS? Excuse me, new 3DS. <laughs> <laughs> Danny, <laughs> have you... A lot of distinctions here. Yes. How, how many times have you bought this game, Danny? Ooh, boy. Uh, four, five, six, I don't know. <laughs> Do you have it on any of your current systems? Oh, yes. You got it on Wii U? Yep. And you re-bought it again on 3DS? Yes. Hey, have you heard of emulators? I... <laughs> no, what's that? <laughs> you can play Super Nintendo games on your parents' Pentium from the 90s. <laughs> No, if you own the cartridge, it's totally fine. It's a backup. And if you bought the game like seven times, you're golden. <laughs> I, I have to buy it one more time. They have to release it one more after this, then I'm good. So but I usually, any... usually disagree with Ty on this, but like with this latest announcement, I'm almost kind of with him. <laughs> right. More let, on that later. Let's say yeah. Let's save. Let's save the hate for a little bit later. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> Yeah, just let it just get in there and just kind of just yeah, get in there and just eat, eat away at you guys. No, it's a celebration episode, remember? Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, I picked this up, and uh, the first thing I noticed when you start up the game, it just looks like absolute shit. <laughs> because, and I'll tell you why, it's because they don't, they have it set to like a special mode for 3DS where it's really not that much bigger than the original resolution, like the dot-by-dot dot resolution. It's a little bit wider, and it's, things are just... The, the text just looks really blurry, and uh, the character models are just... They look bad. So then I went into the options, and you know, I immediately changed it to the pixel-perfect mode. I think it's what it's called in English, and it, it looks really sharp um, you know, on the 3DS screen. Is it, being, is it very small, the screen, then? Like... It's not, I mean, it's, it's basically like a... You know, um, a 4x3 type of a screen on your top 3DS screen. So it's a little bit small, but it's still fine. Do they have borders you can add, like a you know CRT TV kind of border or something? I don't think so. I uh, think that they, they had that, didn't they, for uh, some some of the systems on Virtual Console? So oh, like, like like Game Boy, the, yeah, Game Boy and Game Gear, right? Yeah, if they had it, I, I haven't really delved into that. The yet. Game Boy one, by the way, is fantastic. Like, mm -hmm. I... <clears throat> I think I got Tetris, like, maybe for free somehow. I don't know. I can't remember anyway. don't remember paying for it. But, like, on the, in the 3DS, if you turn on the Game Boy border and turn the 3D on, it's kind of like you're looking at an actual Game Boy and, you know, you can, you know, you tilt, you tilt your head and you can see the kind of edges of the screen and stuff and the yeah. little battery light. It's really, really good, yeah. Yeah. I'm not seeing anything. In, I'm looking at the options right now. I don't really see anything in here. You have, to, you have to do something really weird, like hold down start. Yeah, right. Like, something like that. Can't remember now. Uh, I'll look on <laughs> later. Should probably do that before or after the show. <laughs> yes, but no, I've been I've been, so I've been playing a lot of that here recently too. It's kind of nice. I mean, with with my Wii U, I I can't bring it upstairs in the bedroom if I want to play like before I go to bed or something because just where the house is, I just kind of lose the signal. Um, <laughs> You're one of you and five other people in Japan who can't play the Wii U in the whole house. <laughs> and the house isn't that big, okay? Look at you, Mr. Moneybags. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's so annoying that my bathroom is like exactly too far away from my uh, from my Wii U. 
Oh, so Cyrus is the second guy. <laughs> Man, I just like MacGyver me some uh get some aluminum foil and you make some uh booster satellite dish kind of things. Yeah, yeah. My like... entire apartment with tin foil. Yeah, baby. <laughs> yes. But no, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, gameplay is great with this game. All the it's it's a very true port to, you know, what you played back in the day on the Super Nintendo. Uh controls pretty well. I mean, for me, even with the, you know, 3DS, excuse me, a new 3DS uh, LL slash XL, I, I do find that if I play it for way too long, especially for a game that's like a platform or something, that sometimes my hands start to, like, literally kind of cramp up a little bit. Um, and it kind of happened a little bit with this, but that's that's nothing on the game. That's just kind of, you know, console design. And so big, like fat hands. <laughs> yes, I got the big sausage fingers like Uncle Vernon from <laughs> Harry Potter. Um, you're, an, you're an XL, right? He said. Yes. Right. Yes. Maybe you should uh, try arcade sticks. Uh, maybe I should for my 3DS. No, you emulate <laughs> it on your computer. <laughs> okay. Just but, well, yeah. Uh, At least it's not Mario World on the Game Boy Advance. Yeah. The, I, thing, I, the thing that threw me like, some, it's got some of the best music ever in Mario World oh, on yeah. SNES, and like it just messed with one of my favorite. You know the. Uh, vanilla dome oh, area, yeah. like you go inside the cave, you know. So cool. The 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 beat on that is just so you know just etched in my mind. You know the and uh, doo 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 Um, and the and the Game Boy Advance one, it, it doesn't sound anything like it. It's just like dun, 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 dun. it's just like flat. It's like what is this shit? It's Maybe like, you've heard that right before this segment started. So I hope so. The Game Boy Advance version. I'm going to oh, check this out no, myself. Note, if you want to listen to some truly horrifying Game Boy Advance versions of music, listen to Sonic Advance Pinball. It is, <laughs> oh my god. It actually makes, it gives me headaches listening to Open Your Heart being played in the Game Boy Advance. That's cool. rough. It gives me a headache playing any Sonic game. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean that that pretty much does it for me. Nothing too exciting. Nothing that people out there haven't really ever played before. I think, you know, maybe just the way that you go about playing these two games is just a little bit weirder, <laughs> and probably unnecessary. But you know, I, I think these are both still very good versions of these games that you can get on you know Wii U and 3DS. So uh, check them out if you feel like triple, quadruple dipping like me. Uh, I won't judge you. These guys might. But uh, please do not buy any. Super Nintendo games on your 3DS. I've already bought three. Paying for ROMs <laughs> in the year of our Lord, 2016. I'm good with it. It was half off. Anyway, so uh, that's it for me. Um, so let's go ahead and move on. Your mic. Hi. Yeah. Would you like to carry on the new business for us? Sure, why not? Okay. All right. Mario Kart XL sounds good. Cool. (laughs) Yeah, Mario Kart XL. (laughs) All the characters are fat. (laughs) I'd buy it. The Japanese version is (laughs) MKLL. No, uh, that's Mortal Kombat XL, in which... uh, 
Mortal Kombat X has turned from a bad game into a good game, as far oh. as I'm concerned. Really? What? <laughs> All right, so, you know, Mortal Kombat X, you know, normal people call it Mortal Kombat 10, but it actually is X, I guess. Hmm. So, cross, cross in Japan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Mortal Kombat in Japan? What? Don't even start. Mortal Kombat cross L. <laughs> okay, so uh, complete netcode overhaul and, you know, they added some characters or whatever, but okay, right, they, they took this <laughs> maybe like some of the worst netcode ever made and just scrapped the whole thing which was a very long and expensive process as I understand it hmm. and made it like straight up you know, GGPO-based good netcode. Mm-hmm. So, that's real. So, like, I started playing the game in earnest. Ironically, I haven't really played online, but, you know, I'm, I'm like... <laughs> now that I'm basic... online, I'm totally going to get into it. I'm yeah. Online. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll get into it. Like, I'm still trying out, like, all the characters, working on some achievements, that sort of stuff. Yeah, so, basically, I'm learning the game for the first time. Um, Is it Raiden or Raiden? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Whatever. I don't. I don't play him. <laughs> I haven't decided on a character actually, but uh, they added uh four yeah. new characters. Except, except <laughs> like you know, Triborg is actually like three in one. Except there's another one, so it's actually like four in one, sort of. Yeah, like with with Mortal Kombat, you pick one character, and there's like a variation on the character. So one one variation might have a fireball. One might be really good at uppercuts. So it, you kind of get three half characters for each one character. But right. with this cyborg character, they basically just took four characters and stuck them for the cost of one DLC character, which is pretty cool. Hmm. Yeah, Smash Brothers, Smash Brothers did it first with the Pokemon trainer. Uh, yeah, well, you can't switch out. It would be interesting if you could switch out between rounds, like in a rival schools, but you can't. <laughs> I think I talked about it a long time ago, how it's a pretty good idea to uh, avoid getting counterpicked really hard. Like, you know, you, you play... Uh, a fighting game, and sometimes, like, characters have bad matchups, you know? It's like rock, paper, scissors. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, like, you know, it, it won't be a blowout, but, like, you'll get, like, 6-4 matchups, and you have to work harder than your opponent, and it sucks. <laughs> Isn't so, that I mean, like, you, like, get good? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> yeah, this, this gives you a way to play your favorite character, and if you happen to get a terrible matchup against another character, you can change your character a little bit. It's kind of like custom movesets almost in Smash. Sure, sure. Yeah, and you know, Street Fighter did the same thing when they, they added selectable ultras. Uh, so anyway, new characters. They Like we said, at Trivarg, it's like Sector, Cyrax, uh, Smoke, and Cyber Sub-Zero, like all together. Mm-hmm. I'm, actually, I'm still confused by that Tribal. Dude, so like you select the version before you go into the match. Yes. 
And then you stuck with him for the whole match? Yeah, two out of three rounds. Well, well isn't, isn't that just like, why not just have the different separate characters then? So, because the way Mortal Kombat is set up is you pick your character, then you choose one of three variations. So mm-hmm. if they made four separate cyborg characters, you'd have to make three variations for each cyborg. Okay, so like... Or the why characters not have, are not have are, four cyborgs. <laughs> yeah, the, well, the characters are fundamentally the same. They'll have like all the same normal moves, and whatever. And then, like, they'll have some special moves that are different. So it's it, maybe it's more like the difference between you know Marth and Roy and Smash or whatever. I liked uh, Cyrex and uh, Mortal Kombat Three. Yeah, he's the one with the the green net, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah, I liked him. Mustard. <laughs> uh, what else? <laughs> okay, so the other characters they have uh, Bo Rai Cho who barfs everywhere nonstop. <laughs> on your face. Her. All right. <laughs> uh, they added Leatherface, famous movie character, chainsaw guy. Okay. Good times. And they added Alien. Oh, really? <laughs> yes, the fight predator. Interesting. And is it just called Alien? Yeah. Called yep. Alien, but one thing I really love, and it's a really cute touch they did for the game, is so if you know if you know Alien lore, when when an alien is hatched, it comes out of your chest, but it like takes half of the characteristics from the host. So if it comes out of a human, the alien kind of looks like a human. If it comes out of a dog, it kind of looks like a dog. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, this alien hatches from one of the demon characters, Baraka. From oh. The, so it comes out as a half-demon character. So it has all the traits of an old Mortal Kombat character, but it's also an alien. Hmm. Like, that's very cute. <laughs> cute is not the word I would uh, immediately rush for, but... It's a cute <laughs> bit of fan service to both genres. I'm like, that's cute. You're, you're a cute developer. Yeah. <laughs> Makes me wonder... Uh, they, they now have, let's see... How many movie characters in the game now? Like one, two, three. Like they had Jason from before. Yeah. Predator, Any others? Alien, Jason, Leatherface. Predator. Um, yeah. They had Freddy Krueger in Mortal Kombat 9. Yeah. So what's I'm wondering, like... What's the difference between Jason and Leatherface, by the way? Jason has a knife, Leatherface has a chainsaw. Gotcha. One wears a mask, the other person wears a real face. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Well, they play very differently, but that's a whole other can of worms. Anyway, I'm wondering if these guys are ever just going to put together like a movie fighting game. I think they like, really want to. I mean, I, like, like, I don't know, like DC superheroes or something like that? That would be cool. <laughs> don't. <laughs> we talked about cans of worms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, it does seem like the next logical step. Yeah, you can have the idea for free, by the way. Yeah, just full, like, Warner fighting game. Put in Looney Tunes. <laughs> yeah, watch Bugs Bunny rip out the other people's rib cages. Yeah, okay. Oh, uh, what else? More Street Fighter V. Mm-hmm. Uh, Has it gotten better yet? Not really. There haven't been any changes. They did uh, hilariously punish uh, Rage Quitters by hand. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Like that that kind of reminded me. It, it it reminded me of the um, time Nintendo said, "Please, uh, 
post your SD card to us and we'll fix your Metroid Other M save files. It kind of reminded me of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, that's the worst. Like, you know, it's a problem they never should have had in the first place. I mean, fighting games have been able to count, you know, disconnections as, you know, losses since many, many years ago. Whatever. <laughs> it's pretty funny because now they're doing this, like, all the top rank rage quitters are getting all of their rank points knocked to zero just straight off. The yeah, including, wow. like, one of the guys that was top three on the leaderboard. He was number one on the leaderboard. Damn. Wow. So he went from something like 10,000 points to zero points, and you get 100 points for a win, kind of all the time. <laughs> I think worry. he got to keep like 1,000. I think he got 500. He was bronze. Yeah, <laughs> trash. But even like a pro gaming team, one of their members, like the professional Street Fighter V team, one of their members was a rage quitter apparently, and they found out his points were docked and he was fired from his team. Usually <laughs> got paid like the guy that gets paid professionally to play or something. Yeah, or he's a sponsored team member, and he was uh, wow. fired from his team because he was a rage quitter. Ty, you should look for that the guy who just got demoted to like last from first. You should like yeah. find out his Twitter handle and just like follow him, and you'll, I'm sure you might be able to get some scrub quotes. Yeah, there's been plenty of scrub quotes about rage quitters as it is. <laughs> it's fantastic. People are amazing. good times. Like Street Fighter, like. Pretty much every new game release is a godsend. You get, you know, <laughs> these people that play the game for a couple months and think they can just make their own rules. And, uh, yeah, I appreciate gracious. it. I, I appreciate it when you had the uh, Splatoon season of uh, Scrub Coats. Oh, yeah, that was good. Oh, that was good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that was good. Oh, man, yeah, during the beta. Such hate for the roller. The, the roller hate nonstop. <laughs> now barely anyone uses the roller, by the way. Right. Yeah. I, I figured out how to deal with the roller in literally my first five seconds of gameplay. <laughs> As you may remember, when way back when uh, they were doing the beta, mm -hmm. like the first other player I encountered was a roller coming straight at me, and I just ran backwards and shot him. <laughs> and I said, wow. Walk backwards the chess of games. <laughs> All right. Uh, advanced, you know, techniques there. Yeah. Uh, actually, talking about you know Street Fighter Five gameplay. Mm -hmm. uh, I've settled on Dalsim as my character. Okay. The choice of uh, other top players, apparently. I'm shocked. The person yeah. who lets people who complain about the game is playing Dalsim. That's... <laughs> I have. I have seen like very few Dalsims online. Okay, like I put I've played up to about three thousand points so far. Like not a a lot, or that's a lot depending on who you ask. But I've only played <laughs> online for like four days out of the couple weeks it's been out. Like literally four days, or no, no, like four evenings. <laughs> okay, of playing. <laughs> okay, okay. And I I've seen like. Uh, Maybe literally two other Dalsims, right? Hmm. He he plays very, very, very differently from Street Fighter Four Dalsim, which is, you know, stand far away and hit the other guy until he dies. Mm -hmm. Now in this, he's like, this is some like Magneto shit where you have to like rush them down. 
It's yeah, like... I got comboed by a Dalsim the first time I fought one, and I felt I'd been violated. Yo, right? It's like like ST, where you have to be all aggressive, or <laughs> Marvel <laughs> Dalsim. Okay, way back in the day, like when Marvel vs. Capcom 2 was new, a lot of Japanese players thought Dalsim was one of the best characters in the game because he could do these long, crazy combos... And it's, you know, kind of nauseating to see when you know this character as a, you know, a keep away, not combo character, you know. Mm-hmm. You take your individual hits, you whittle them down. You try, you try to make them mad, which is my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, you You're know. flame. In this, you know, Street Fighter V is a very fast, very aggressive game. And, you know, Dalsim, he's... You, you have to get in on him. You have to do, like, the, these instant air moves. So he's more like Cammy. It, it's, a, it's a whole nother can of worms. But I do enjoy him. He, he's very good. He's fun. When are we just going to do our Nintendo-based fighting game podcast? Yeah. I did do a, a podcast like, about fighting games a year ago. It was fun. Maybe I'll do another one sometime. Well, having Nintendo based was probably not a good idea because basically, I can talk about Pokemon. Pokemon and Smash is all you're going to talk about, isn't it? (laughs) Which is what you do anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Street Fighter Five still some stuff to iron out, but yeah, I think we're going to get the next character this month, like they said they were going to deliver, probably on the thirty first. I'm, we'll see. I'm guessing final round. They'll announce a little bit trailer at final round, like yeah. in a week or so. Well, Killer Instinct season three comes out on the 29th, so both Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter are going right in the trash, and I'm going to rededicate my life to Killer Instinct. <laughs> so uh, I played a Nintendo game. Oh. Yeah, a fake one. Okay. No, ah, okay. no, just kidding. It's real, probably. <laughs> It's wait, Devil World. Wait, I'm confused. Is this fake or real? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Devil World. He's a he's a assist trophy uh, in Smash, right? He's that oh, yeah, like exactly. that's moving, right. That's where everybody Devil, knows. Yeah. <laughs> so so he finally got his own game. Yeah, finally, that's just like nice of them. Fire Emblem. Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, actually, yeah, I, I talked about this. God, it's been years now. Yeah, we we have talked about this game before. It may have been on Fake or Real, or it it definitely came up on the uh, on the the emulation you have to pay for. What's it called? Virtual, <laughs> Virtual console. console. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, there is there are Western releases uh, of the game, and uh, yeah, you can get on Wii U and 3DS. I think both in well, basically any region. Yeah, I, I don't think know it was. Originally not released in the U.S., but it was released in Europe and that's right, right, right. Because you know we, we don't care I think about maybe the virtual console version was the same way. It didn't come out in America because you know you collect crosses and Bibles and that shit. might have been that's that might have been the, yeah that might have been the case in the Wii. That might have been yes that might have been the case in the Wii, but I believe on the Wii U and 3DS they actually finally said there is no reason why we shouldn't have this out in this region. Nope, I'm wrong. Now back to your regularly scheduled programming. Okay, cool. <laughs> I mean, 
And then, then they burnt Reggie on a cross immediately <laughs> afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I played it once and then I shot up my, my school. Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, actually playing this game, mm-hmm. you know, it, it instantly draws a lot of parallels to Pac-Man. You know, you run around, you collect dots, but you can't collect dots until you pick up this cross for some reason. Mm-hmm. And also you're this green dinosaur looking guy. Looks like a ripoff of the Bubble Wobble dinosaur. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. And uh, these pink things try to kill you, and also the screen moves around, just <laughs> as you may well know from the, from the Smash Trophy. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, that's where but that comes from. Since you're in a maze, like uh, it will kill you if you get crushed between a, a wall and the edge of the screen. Right. Uh. So you, do, you don't have to deal with a ton of ghosts. There, there's only going to be like two on the screen. Mm-hmm. But you have to carefully uh, plan ahead and manage risks and stuff as far as you know not getting crushed while you're trying to get all the dots. Mm-hmm. And then there are levels where you have to pick up these Bibles <laughs> yes. and put them in the, the square thing in the middle. Yep. <laughs> yes. The square thing in the middle is your heart. <laughs> yes. So, Ty, so, this game is really, really good. Fake or real? It's it's okay. Okay. <laughs> Slightly fake. Yeah. That's kind, of, kind of how I felt about it too, Ty. It's like, this isn't like bad. This isn't like super amazing, but, yeah. you know, it's it's a simple concept. It's simple enough, but it's kind of expanded upon, especially with the moving around level. And like you said, you really got to be aware and kind of think about what you're doing and where you're going because otherwise you can just get crushed and you just have to restart, you know? Yeah. A so. uh, couple more points I want to make about the game. Yeah, I imagine if I had this as a kid on the NES, I probably would have played it a fair bit. Mm-hmm. So it might be more interesting than Pac-Man. <laughs> In Sunday school. <laughs> yeah. After, after <laughs> church. That's right. Well, one thing is uh, it seems very much like an arcade game, even though, as I understand it, there was no arcade release for this. Right. I believe that's right. Yeah. There, there's, like, not really, like, any... Well, I mean, the levels progress, but there's, like, no continues or anything. It's just uh, you play until you die, and then you restart. Mm-hmm. It's, it seems very arcadey to me. Yeah. Um, it's also, like, uh, 50 kilobytes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They Coming should to all church uh, bookstores soon. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. I, I would like to play it a little more. I probably will play it a little more. I wonder what a high score, like world record high score looks like in this game. Uh, go to Twin Galaxies and find out. Yeah. <laughs> and then go straight to hell. <laughs> right. So it's basically Pac-Man in hell. Got it. Pac-Man <laughs> in hell. Yes. Yeah. I think it might be a little more interesting. So uh, give it a try on your emulator or whatever. <laughs> or pay like five dollars for a fifty kilobyte ROM. Yeah. It's cool. I might have done that two times. I think, <laughs> yo, know, I, I mean, I've, I do it on Xbox, but they add features and stuff, you know, leaderboards, yeah. achievements. I it's really wish states. Nintendo would do the same thing. It's save states. <laughs> no save states. Not allowed. Yeah, they're there though. Yeah. Okay, so that wraps actually, it up for me. Actually, on on there is actually a legit good feature. Um, 
just so we don't completely trash the, <laughs> the virtual console. Like, um, I didn't talk about this in any new business, but like uh, last month, like on the last day of uh, the last semester, um, where I was playing 3DS with a few of my students and uh, none of them were ambassadors like me, obviously. Of course. Being the teacher, I have to be the ambassador, right? And um, there who, was a... uh, who helped the teacher get that ambassador level? <laughs> um, I don't know. You wouldn't. You wouldn't like him. Some asshole. <laughs> the, the the I didn't. I, know, I haven't played any of those games for ages. But like, um, I if you remember, they actually updated them all, didn't they? They updated them to like the like a newer version. Right. Know, like the, with, the, um... the released the the regular you know publicly. Yeah, yeah. They, they turned into like regular you know proper games instead of like you know just those dump rum dumps that they had at, at first, right? And they still um, have the Game Boy Advance ones. <laughs> yeah, good point. The, uh, the there's actually a button at the bottom. Like you got the save state, you got the reset. And then there's another one like download play. Yep. And if, and if you hit that, then you can share that game with anyone else, and you can actually play two-player of any NES game across uh, across Wi-Fi. Right. Cool. Well, I mean, obviously, as long as two-player mode is supported. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Any two-player NES game, uh, you can just do download play, and, and the the other guy doesn't even need to have it. Yep. Yeah. The other guy doesn't need to have it. You just you know. That share it with them. Yes, it's it's not. I well, is it? <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Say, I I say it because okay. I used to do like a download article every week, and I would go to the you know NCL page for each game, and I would see oh yes, download plays confirmed. Yeah, of course, but nobody else does that type of stuff. So, why? <laughs> yeah, it's a shame that more more people don't know about that because uh, you you know you kind of jump to the assumption like oh it's on the 3ds so that means they took out uh, multiplayer or whatever. God. Which they do for like, um, like the on the Wii U, for example, like Mario Kart DS and all those other and the GBA games as well. They do do that. They, you can't do download play on a Wii U, right? Yeah. So yeah, unfortunately, the three yeah you can on the 3DS, but you can't on the Wii U. Um, on the Wii U, it would make sense to have like you know net play or something, right? But they right. they don't do that. So anyway, I just thought it's a cool feature worth talking about. So next, uh, I'm going to chat a little bit with Matt here. So we're going to go ahead and take another musical break and be back with him. All right. And I'm here with a very special guest, hasn't been on the podcast for a little bit, um, Matt, one of the founding members of the Famicast. Hey, buddy. Yeah, it has been a little bit, hasn't it? So, Matt, how you doing, man? I'm all right, buddy. How you doing? Hey, can't complain. Can't complain. Nice, nice. So, Congratulations. Oh. Congratulations on uh, on the, the big anniversary here from the Famicast. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, it's, it's pretty exciting. Kind of hard to believe, really. <laughs> But um, I guess per usual, let's just start off maybe with a little bit of new business with you, like what you've been playing lately, or at least maybe one or two things that have been grabbing your attention over what maybe the last six, seven, eight months. Because I think we we talked to you around TGS. So yeah, it's been a while. Yep, yep, no kidding. Well, let's see here. I mean, after Monster Hunter Cross came out late last year, and I played the heck out of that, mm -hmm. and then uh, I basically just played that until. Triforce Heroes came out on 3DS. Oh, okay. Or, sorry, not Triforce Heroes. I did play that, but um, okay. Oh Christ, what is it? The uh, the Musou game. 
Oh, okay. Hyrule Warriors. Hi yeah, All -Stars, uh, yeah. Hyrule, exactly. There, exactly. Yeah. yeah, Hyrule of the Warriors All Stars, and I hadn't played it on Wii U. I always wanted to, but oh. I never took the opportunity to. So it's pretty exciting for me to finally start playing that. And uh, I don't know. Have you gotten a chance to play that at all? Oh yeah, I played it on Wii U like right when it came out here. It came out here in Japan before it came out in the West. So I was, you know, busy writing stuff for the website and you know all that type of stuff trying to get stuff out to the people nice so how did you feel about the game when you played it i thought it was a lot of fun i mean it's something that i don't think you should take like seriously in in terms of like you know the world of zelda but if you're just looking for something that's just kind of like mindless but it's still just a lot of fun and has a lot of zelda fan service that's the way to go exactly yeah, i totally agree there is so much great fan service in there you know mm -hmm. and uh, the gameplay itself you know Everybody always talks about how kind of boring these Lusot games are because they are just, you know, constant button mashers or whatever. And, yeah, I mean, I felt that way about the action to an extent. But the cool thing is on the 3DS, they made a couple improvements. Um, and one of the big things is that when you have battles with different hero characters in them, you can switch between them on the fly and you can also direct them to go to different places. Mm -hmm. And so there's this great strategic element of they give you some kind of mission that they, that you have to carry out and they have you controlling a couple different characters. So what you can do is you can, you know, while you're taking out one base, you can send one of your other guys to another base. And then as soon as you're done taking out that base, you can switch over that character and take out the base that you had just sent them to and kind of do that process over and over. And so there's this pretty cool strategic element because of that so i really enjoyed that part of it you know i felt like there's a little more thinking to it than just kind of you know mashing buttons right and i mean otherwise yeah i really did really enjoy the uh the fan service and i thought the new characters were cool i really liked linkle a lot i thought she was pretty cool <laughs> you know? yeah i haven't got to try out linkle i mean i played the the demo for this because it came out a little little bit before the game actually released here properly yep. and um I, I wasn't sure i mean i just kind of just played through like once and i was like okay because pretty much like the same demo that I think was at TGS. But yeah. I, I didn't, I knew that you can like, you know, change between the characters and that's, that's a common thing, at least with the 3DS versions of, uh, you know, the Warriors games and whatnot. Okay. But I, yeah, I wasn't aware that you could actually tell them to like, Hey, go here, do this. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can, you can just bring up this menu and then you can tap on a character's, you know, icon and, and then literally just, point them to wherever you want them to go you know mm. and that could be that could be a, a place on the map or it could be a you know a character on the map so you could have them accompany like one of your uh hero characters or you could have them actually go after a specific enemy if you want them to wow cool yeah yeah it's pretty cool so i had a lot of fun with that and then you know i mean i'm i'm kind of a completionist so <laughs> I, I was having a ton of fun you know going through the story mode and then like there's adventure mode which has right. this great you know ma overworld map that is you know basically the whole overworld map from the original legend of zelda right right so yeah i had a ton of fun with that and had hours and hours of enjoyment from that right yeah like I, we we talked about uh, a couple months ago uh, cyrus one of the other members now he was he had the he just played the wii u version for the first time and he nice. was talking about how you know he went through the adventure mode and you know i had mentioned too it's like for me yeah story mode was great but adventure mode was like really where it is because there's so much stuff that you can do it just right and, you know, we talked about, too, if you don't level up your characters at, like, the same time or if you're just playing one character hardcore and then you go to adventure mode, you might find yourself getting kind of screwed. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I can see that happening. Um, 
Although the nice thing is one thing you can do is, I mean, obviously if you level up one character, you can pay money mm-hmm. and, you know, level up other characters with uh-huh. money. Yeah, and right. so what, one of the things is they changed the, the amiibo support in this game. So mm-hmm. in this one, basically you can scan any amiibo and if it's a Zelda series amiibo, then it'll give you a weapon, like a random, randomly generated weapon uh, mm-hmm. for that character. Or if it's not a Zelda series amiibo, then it'll just like give you a random like present. So it could be like materials or it could be money. And so sometimes you'll get like 50,000 rupees just for scanning an amiibo. Wow. Yeah. Like how, how frequently can you do this? So you can do, you can do five amiibos a day. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And basically as soon as it hits midnight, then you can scan another five amiibos. Yeah. yeah I was so. say, how, how, how would they limit this? Oh, I scanned, you know, my Super Mario amiibo 20 times in the past hour. Right. Right. <laughs> right. I'd probably be okay with that just because, yeah, sometimes you need to use a lot of money to level up characters. Cause yeah, like you said, you know, you've played through uh, adventure mode with other characters and then it's like, okay, in order to, play this one screen you have to use a character that you've never really used before it's like well right. great now i have to level up this character which could take me a while but because you can do it with money that's uh usually one way to do it one nice way to do it anyways cool cool, cool, cool. and yeah i mean i agree adventure mode is a ton of fun because there's there's always stuff to unlock right mm-hmm. you know even if it's it could be new screens on the adventure mode but it could be like outfits and stuff for the characters so that was always a lot of fun the only thing was i did feel like the gameplay did start to to drag on me because it did feel like okay i've i've done this a billion times the whole okay go and capture every single base and right. you know beat every character or whatever and just doing that over and over and over again. So <laughs> it did, it did eventually start to drag yeah. because of that. Yeah. Cause I know with, I had mentioned this many episodes ago too, but yeah, I mean, I got to a point in adventure mode where I, cause like I, maybe I started running out of money cause I was leveling up my characters too much or whatever, but mm-hmm. it just got to a point. I was like, Oh man, like there's this one stage where I had to be Ganondorf and do something, you know, and I, yeah. I just, he just wasn't strong enough and it was just impossible. I was like, okay, yeah. I'm, I'm I don't, done. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. I mean, I, the, I remember the specific stages when I got Ganondorf and it was like, all right, now you have to use him to play whatever. It was like, oh Christ, you know, he's not, he's not leveled up enough yet. And mm-hmm. then I did level him up. And even after I leveled him up, it, it still took him a while to kill enemies for some reason yeah it seemed like that kind of for me too i think i I didn't he wasn't like super weak but he should have been strong but he was nowhere near as strong as like you know my maxed out link (laughs) exactly yeah i'm sure everybody goes through that yep 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 exactly yeah Yeah. but yeah so i really enjoyed that and then you know because this is the it was the 30th anniversary of the original legend of zelda Mm -hmm. i went ahead and you know played through that on my wii u and then i played through link the past on wii u and then i picked up uh, a link to the past for new 3ds when it came out last week yes and uh, i was really excited to start playing through that so i got about geez how far did i get to that i got through uh, three or four palaces in the dark world mm-hmm. and uh, i happened to be on a business trip to china and i lost my 3ds oh my god really uh, yeah oh, this it's it's i gotta tell you it's the most traumatic thing that's ever happened to me just because i've i've had you know I had the 3DS since the day 3DS launched, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, I've transferred a couple times, but because of that, I've built up lots of really great content, lots of great games, you know, all my street passes and everything. The street Plaza, I, you know, completed pretty much everything in there and yeah. had all the hats and everything. And now it's gone. 
just like, like that. Man, like you know, I remember a couple. Well, it was a couple of years ago. Johnny Metz from Radio Free Nintendo had a similar thing happen. You know, in the United States, where he lost his 3DS and yeah. he had to go through some whole rigmarole where he had to get a police report and <laughs> send it to Nintendo, and he eventually got like. I think he got reimbursed for all the money for all of the games that he did, but I have no idea what you need to do here. I mean, it, it was a little bit of a different time because I don't think everything was, you know, there wasn't really that great stuff where you can keep track of like all the games that you got, but right. it might, might be a little bit different now, but. So I hear that I hear anyways in the States that now it's a little more straightforward as far as I, I guess that they technically do have a record of all the stuff that you, you have on your account. And so, yeah, if you can, you know, prove to Nintendo that it was it was lost or whatever, and you have the serial codes or whatever, then they do let you transfer. But uh-huh. Japan is just flat out saying no. Really? Yeah, <laughs> I sent I sent an email. I mean, I had, I looked it up online beforehand just to check, and basically any account that I've ever seen online of an experience like this, it's been Nintendo has you know has told me no, you're out of luck. You know, you've lost all all the all the content. You know, all the money that you paid and everything. And I'm like, yeah. oh Christ! I hope I hope that now that they've implemented the my Nintendo stuff, maybe that's changed. But I sent an email and I got back, you know, this stock email response that said, no, the only way you can transfer stuff is if you have both 3DSs, you know, a new 3DS and your old 3DS together in the same place, and you do transfers. Yeah, so I'm. I'm still kind of in a state of shock, to be honest, just because I loved that thing, you know. Yeah. I, I, I've, I played more 3DS than any other system in my life, just because <laughs> there's so much great content on it, and it was just, it was something I always had with me everywhere I go, you know. Yeah. I'm, so. I'm, I mean, it actually changing gears for a little bit too. Well, I mean, you know, five years ago, 3DS launched here in yep. Japan, and that was kind of one of the reasons why. I remember, I think slightly before we started the Famicast, you went on an episode of RFN. And I think you were talking with those guys about the system there. And um, then we had the first episode right around March 12th, I think is when it got published in America, March 11th, the day yeah. of the, you know, the big freaking earthquake. Yeah. <laughs> God. But um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of, <laughs> that's like, you know, half a decade of gaming just yep. absolutely gone. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Just wiped away. You know, I mean, losing all the saved data and everything is one thing, you know I mean? Because I'm I'm personally of the mind that you know even if I do lose save data in something, if I really if the game was enjoyable to begin with, then I really don't have a problem going through it again. You know, beating the game again. So for a lot of my games, I would be fine to play through them again. But yeah, the fact that I can't even get them back—that's what really stings. You know, because I am a pretty big proponent of digital games. You know, I do like the idea that you can download it and you always have it with you and everything. And that the other plus, the other benefit to that should be that well, because you have a system that allows you to uh or that keeps track of what you've paid for then you know theoretically you should be able to you know restore it if god forbid something like this happens where your 3ds gets stolen or lost and at least as far as it my current situation it doesn't seem like ncl's policies allow for that it's just they just say hey yeah you're out of luck wonderful (laughs) please please yeah, please understand exactly. Oh, so depressing. So yeah. depressing. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, like I said, kind of also switching gears a little bit too. So, I mean, you know, obviously you're not really on the Famicast very much anymore. And you're, you know, you've kind of parted ways with Nintendo World Report. Not, not like anything like, I hate you guys. <laughs> you know, anything like nah, that. But, yeah, just been busy. Yeah. But, you know, I think we might have talked about this a little bit before, but I don't think we really went too much into depth. 
And I thought maybe now would be a perfect time to kind of explore this. So, I mean, when did you actually join Nintendo World of Board? Jesus, when was it? I guess that would have been 2009, I think. Mm -hmm. I want to say 2008 or 2009. And what happened was uh, I happened to be, uh, you know, I enjoyed going to websites like um, the Castlevania Dungeon, you know, and these, (laughs) and the, the Mushroom Kingdom, you know. Sure. And these web, yeah, these websites that kind of celebrate the old, the classics, the old classics. And I think I had emailed somebody like Kurt Collada or somebody and said, "Hey, you got any anything that you'd ha- be interested in having translated from Japanese and English? Because, you know, I, I'd love to, you know, do that kind of stuff for people." Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure that he introduced me to uh, TYP. I think is who it was, mm-hmm. uh, who you know was affiliated with NWR already. And, uh, he, and then, you know, he introduced me to those guys. And then from there, I just kind of, you know, started doing some translations and stuff. And eventually that was back when Lindy was the head of the website. Oh yeah. Yeah. God rest so. <laughs> now, hopefully he gets some rest. I think, I think he's, uh, he's, there. he's a pretty busy guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When he's not, when he's not busting rhymes. Exactly. <laughs> but I uh, ended up, you know, interviewing with him. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, then he took me on, and yeah, I did uh, you know some translations for the website every now and then when I could, and then of course you know we did this family cast stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leading into your work now, is there anything with NWR, any contacts that you made, or anything? Or is there anything like you could say about that stuff for for NWR, anyways? Uh, I think part of it was I, I had some because NWR, I did have like a little bit of experience there, you know, where I actually did translating of video game stuff um, for NWR. And then I also, when I had originally uh, applied to Capcom before that, um, I would, uh, I was a big fan of the Bionic Commando. And so I got on the the Bionic Commando website when they were developing that game. Mm -hmm. And the the producer of that was this guy named Ben Judd. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and he would have these kind of like reports in Japanese on the Japanese side of the website, but not the English side. Mm-hmm. So in order to kind of get, you know, his attention, I would translate his Japanese stuff in English and put it on the English bulletin board and say, Hey guys, just so everybody knows, here's a translation of what, you know, he was saying in this, this Japanese blog post or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I, kind of having that experience with the NWR and also then doing that, I think, I caught the eye of uh, the producer, Ben Judd, and, you know, he said, okay, uh, you know, you you seem like a a promising kid. Maybe uh, when we get a chance, you know, we could talk about hiring you on for something. And then, so eventually, yeah, he he gave me the opportunity to interview with Capcom uh, back in 2010. Mm. Yep. And then eventually, yeah, I got hired. I remember, man, Matt, it's been like, it was a long time ago. We talked about kind of um, similar type of things. And I think this story had come up and we went into like a lot more detail about like how you came to Japan and like all that type of stuff. And for listeners out there, I encourage you guys to go back and listen. I think that was like January, 2013. And I think the episode's called journey to Japan. And yeah, for things like this. Yes. For things that helped me in real life. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, in that episode, we talked a lot about, um, you know, how we came to Japan and um, basically, you know, how we got to do what we're doing now and stuff like that. And Matt had, you know, just really interesting stories. So, yeah, if you guys out there um, 
maybe want to come to Japan or uh, want to know how you can, that's a good episode to go back and listen to. I mean, geez, we have, you know, tons and tons of content, <laughs> amounts of content out there that you can uh, check out for that. So. Yeah, and also, I also like how we all kind of had different ways of coming over here. You know, we all have different stories. So, right, yeah. Yeah, and of course, yeah, if anybody's got any questions for us, you know, be more than willing to try and help out, help steer people in the right direction for how they could come over here, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Well, Matt, um, I think that's going to about do it. So, you know, thank you for taking the time and coming to talk to me. Um, I know, <laughs> you know, like you said, you're a busy guy between – business trips, losing your 3DS, uh, <laughs> a lot of things going on. So. Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. I'm going to, I'm going to go, go back and, and go cry in the corner now for, for a while. Okay. I might just, allow that. Just think, think of, think of my, the good times that my 3DS and I had together. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks Matt. And we're going to go ahead and take another musical break and be right back with the rest of the show. Thanks buddy. And Cyrus, how about you go ahead and close out New Business for us, buddy? So for my new business, this week I was fully planning on playing Bravely Second mm-hmm. or when that came out. But because uh, last last show, you may remember, I was raving about the demo that I put way too much hours into. Right. And, uh, but then I saw that the game finally released, at least in the U.S., and uh, it was missing a huge amount of content was just straight cut from the game during localization. Like, uh, in the full game, the full Japanese version of the game, you there's, there's a bunch of missions, like kind of side missions throughout the game. And in the Japanese version, there's four different endings for all of those side missions. Hmm. You know, good ending, bad ending, neutral, whatever. But, and apparently if you do them in certain orders, it locks you out from getting all of the, like, summons or all of this the ability jobs or whatever. Okay. And uh, for whatever reason, they totally cut the multiple endings out of the the European and American mm. missions. Mm-hmm. So That's weird. Like, this, so this, a lot of big story paths are just gone from the game. You always get the neutral ending where everyone kind of walks away okay from the interaction. <laughs> yeah. Everyone just kind of goes, meh. <laughs> So uh, I'm. I normally don't care too much when stuff gets localized or whatever. Like we were ripping on the, the touchy feely Fire Emblem mini game. Yeah, basically almost like the opposite reason why people are up in arms about it yeah. is what we were talking about. But yeah, yeah, so I I totally understand how annoyed those Fire Emblem people feel. I feel yeah. kind of hypocritical because I'm now boycotting Bravely Second. <laughs> this is such a you can't just remove this stuff from the game before it comes over. I think maybe they started listening to the the critical feedback of the first one in like the wrong way, you know. As <laughs> as many people know by now, you know, there's a certain part, a certain point in the game where you get where you're basically literally playing the same section over and over again. It's it's like Groundhog Day, and you can do it up to like four times, and it's just it's just stupid. I mean, yeah. is that not? Is that not what we're talking about here with Cyrus? No, it's, Bravely it's Second, the sequel. Well, yeah, no, 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 no. Sequel, no, I know, <laughs> I know that, but I mean, <laughs> the, it's not. He's talking about multiple endings, right? Like, yes. right. 
so it's... alternate endings, not repeating the ending four times like the first game. But maybe <laughs> apparently one of the the repercussions of getting several of the bad endings to these mini these side quests will drag the story into a kind of it's not an outright Groundhog Day scenario, I think, but mm-hmm. it is a drag, like deliberately so. It's supposed to be a slow slog because of what happens. Okay. And so they so, just took it all out just to be safe, doesn't me. There's been no announced reason why the stuff was cut, but th- those are the general ideas. It's to streamline the game, so you don't get caught in these mires if mm. you make bad choices. Hmm. Okay. That sounds great. I mean, if the if the main full story's in there, who gives a shit? Yeah, I guess. Because so. if depending on how you do stuff, characters actually die in these endings, so mm-hmm. you know it won't affect the ultimate ending. The, the full ending is a solid. There's no multiple choices, but it's still like it's a it's a sizable amount of content, and I'm not willing to support that. Let's say, Cyrus, I have the solution. Get the Japanese version. Yeah, oh. I, would, I would also like to be able to read the game, and that's not going to happen. <laughs> it's like a thousand. By, by both. <laughs> yeah. Studying, but um, yeah. So instead, I stuck it to Nintendo and bought a different Nintendo game instead. Okay. Uh, so I, bought, him. I bought Pokemon Alpha Sapphire on the, oh. on 3DS. Teach them a lesson. Yeah, gonna... show them. I'm not gonna Where buy their eShop game. I'll buy this other eShop game. <laughs> <laughs> and, this um, is on eShop. You you downloaded this? Yeah, I downloaded the first Pokemon game I've ever downloaded. It, so I wanted to see what the fuss was all about. And uh, it's it's good. Like Sapphire was always my favorite Pokemon game. That was the the one that stuck with me, so I've really enjoyed getting back into this. But what one thing that's really dragged me down on it is, and I complained about this in XY when I played it, is that they give you way too much experience. Mm. Like, without trying. I, I'm actually... Like, when I played XY, I had several level 100 Pokemon by the time I got to the Elite Four mm-hmm. in XY. And in this... To avoid that, I'm constantly just training Pokemon. Like I'm leveling them up and evolving them, mm-hmm. just to and just taking up slots on my team so that they're siphoning off some of the XP I'm gaining. And even my Swampert, like my starter, I pick Mudkip, and I've only used him in a handful of battles because I'm using all my other guys. He's still level 60, and I'm not yeah. even at like the seventh badge. Yeah, I mean, me coming from basically the original, you know, Pokemon Red, and then I started playing X and Y, I was thinking, oh man, this, you know, XP share thing, that's kind of cool. And then you realize, like, oh my god, we're all, like, ridiculously high levels, and I'm only, like, ten hours into the game. <laughs> like, I think making XP share so easy to use, and, like, it really sorts out your team really fast, I think that's cool. That's that's yeah. a good streamlining mechanic, but it's balanced awfully. Yeah. I mean, for me, I, I don't want to sit through and play, you know, freaking grind my Pokemon for, you know, 15 hours. Right, right. Uh, not trying to be sexual or violent there, but, yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so that's the way it is. So I, I'm kind of glad that that's in there. I mean, I never went back to Pokemon X and Y um, yeah, after, like, maybe 20 hours. Something and... I definitely think I'm, I'm glad it's in there, but it needs to be tweaked. It's a, okay. bit, it's a bit severe in how much experience it gives you. Cyrus, to, to me, you're living in opposite land to me because like this, the two things that you're like you're doing and complaining about is like 
sounds good to me and or sounds bad to me. <laughs> For example, like sharing XP, saving time over grinding sounds fantastic. Um, but replaying a Pokemon game that I've already played sounds oh. like the worst idea ever. I, I, I played the original GBA uh, Sapphire. I've never played Alpha Sapphire before. Which is the same thing. It's, it's a significantly different thing. It's really good. I'm really enjoying this remake so far. It's like, I don't even want to play another Pokemon game, never mind replaying the one <laughs> I've already... It's like, oh, yeah. One Pokemon game per lifetime for me. <laughs> I mean, I loved it, but it's like, I don't want to do that again every year. <laughs> yeah, I I've, I skipped uh, Heart Silver. I, I skipped Black White 2. So I, I do skip Pokemon games from time to time, but I generally like to go through most. I think it's something that I've learned about myself on this podcast, like, you know, listening to you guys like replaying games again over and over and over again i really don't replay games i think i've just realized that about myself especially like long ass adventure games or you know rpgs or something like that well like, i don't really play rpgs but like you like you, you didn't even replay to like a link to the past though right yeah yeah exactly i mean like i played it wow. through like multiple times at the time uh-huh. but like you know like maybe i completed it, like twice but like but after that, it's like I'm, you know, I'm done. Yeah, I, I get <laughs> next, it. Next game, next game. You know, move on. I, I definitely get it because I find myself replaying more games than when I have like this big ridiculous pile of stuff that I've never ever experienced. <laughs> you know, exactly. Here I am, my new business playing, you know, Super Mario Three and World. You know, great games. I mean, like going back to games and like getting the last, you know, ten power stars in Galaxy or something like that. That's that's fair enough. But like getting the same power stars again is like, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, that's, well, that's on, just my feeling anyway. On that note of replaying Pokemon, I've never actually <laughs> played a Pokemon game except Pokemon Pearl where when I got Pearl and Diamond, I decided, okay, I want to get one of every Pokemon. That means I want one Bulbasaur, I want one Ivysaur, I want one Venusaur. So my boxes were literally every single Pokemon. God. And I wanted one version of each form. So if a Pokemon could change shape, I wanted one of each of those too. So, Jesus. So, and uh, it's like in Diamond, you get this Pokemon called Rotom. He's, a, he's like a poltergeist Pokemon. He possesses different household appliances. So <laughs> you get this, like, le- it's kind of a, a pseudo-legendary. So you bring him to this place, and you can attach him to a refrigerator, and it becomes this ice-type ghost Pokemon. Or you attach it to a fan heater, it becomes a flying type, or this kind of stuff. Or attach it to <laughs> sounds like motor. sounds like Yokai Watch. Yeah, it, it, it's a very Yokai Watchy type thing, and uh, and you attach it to a lawnmower, it's a grass type, blah blah blah. So there's only there's only one of these in the game, but he has six different forms. So I said, okay, well, I need six of these. So I replayed Diamond over and over to get six of these guys. And I think I got it down to about eight hours I could finish the game in. God. To get to and then on the sixth time, I got my last Rotom, and then I found out you can breed them. <laughs> so I, I burned, like, literally three days of just playing the game on repeat until I went to sleep, and then I... What happens if you combine him, combine him with a toilet? Alright. So no, sad sadly no, your 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 toilet dreams are down the toilet. 
Uh, there's no, there's no shit type. There's that Garbodor, the garbage Pokemon, who's literally a bag of trash. <laughs> wow, they're really running out of ideas. It was great though because he was made in the in Pokemon Black White, I think, which is the one set in New York, and he was designed because of New York's garbage problem. Oh. Said, oh, that's the famous part of New York. Let's make a garbage Pokemon. <laughs> that's like the Pokemon like I would have six of on my team to troll people. <laughs> that really is just looking around the office like, <laughs> yeah. like Hey that. Mike, hey Mike, you got any ideas for a Pokemon? Uh Garbage Mon? I don't know. <laughs> Light Lightamon? <laughs> hey man, don't don't get me started on the ice cream Pokemon whose level <laughs> one form is an ice cream. Level two <laughs> two ice creams. And level three, actually, three ice creams. I just, actually, I just said on because he looked at the light, but there is actually that chandelier one that you like, so that's probably exactly <laughs> what they did. Chandelure is not just my one I like. She is the best Pokemon. It's a light. <laughs> yes. It's fancy light. It is pretty damn fancy. I'll give you that. Worst Pokemon ever. Aside from Pokemon, I just play Street Fighter Five. Nothing special there. I've just been beast as normal. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, that's going to do it for new business on this special five-year anniversary episode. Uh, coming up after the quick musical break, we'll be back with some news. In particular, some talk about the latest Nintendo Direct. So, stay tuned. Alright, so, Nintendo Direct, this thing happened on March 3rd, 2016, as I'm sure all of you guys are aware, um, and that happened at like 7 in the morning here, uh, and then, you know... Hey, that, that was when my uh, my son was born, by the way, March Oh, 3rd. really? Okay. Yeah. During the Direct? <laughs> During the Direct, probably, I watched it much later, obviously. Ah, you were watching it, you're like, honey, just hold on a second. Yeah, yeah. I got important work to do. Keep it in, keep it in, hold on. <laughs> yes. I'll be back in 45 to 47 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, obviously there was there were some differences between the, the, excuse me, between the Japanese one and then the stuff that you find in the West. Um, I figure first, maybe let's talk about some of the stuff that is kind of cross-region here. Um, mm-hmm. Like, for example, sure. let's start off with Star Fox. Um, you know, Star Fox Zero, that's still coming out here in April. I believe it's like April 21st or something. And then, More uh, important than that, Danny. What yeah. comes with Star Fox Zero? Right. So in the West, as far as I know, at least in North America, if you buy Star Fox Zero, you get it. You get the newly named Star Fox Guard, formerly Project Guard. It uh, comes with it. So that's a thing. Gri- Grippy's Adventure, as I call it. <laughs> yes. That's the so, guy. That's the guy's name. Yeah, the box so, art for that, by the way, it looks like I don't know, like fan art or deviant art that's accidentally been put on the official art. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's terrible. It's terrible. It's like so. Grippy is this like I don't know, like a Slippy's uncle or something. Right. And he's just like 
leaning over him in in, in a way that a creepy uncle might do. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm a creepy uncle. I, I, yeah, I do that. <laughs> It's so bad. It's so bad. I just don't get it. And also, how how is this like eShop game on a disc? It's like, what is that about? Right. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't. They didn't really say that. Like here in Japan, they actually have two SKUs. You can actually, well, you can buy it obviously from the eShop, and um, you can actually buy this the game, just Star Fox Zero, for about sixty bucks, or you can get Star Fox Zero with Star Fox Guard for about seventy. Jesus um, Christ. So, but I mean, you know, I think standalone Star Fox Guard is like about two thousand here or something like that. So twenty bucks. Um, yeah, I can't remember how much that was in the West, but like, yeah, it was like reasonably. Well, it was was yeah, quite expensive for an eShop game, but maybe because <laughs> they're putting on a disc. I guess the you could call this a retail game. Yeah. It's the lo- the loosest definition of a retail game. I mean, um, they might not be putting it on a disc. Them, they right? might just be they might just be giving you a code with the game. Uh, whereabouts in Japan, or I would saying just all over the world. No, no, I think I've seen a disc. Like in the European one, they had a they showed a disc, two discs in the box. Okay. Uh, yeah. It, it, sure about, like uh, Gear Solid Five when that was released on disc for PC. It was like a single. It was like two hundred kilobyte file with a link to the Steam store. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, on the Blu-ray. Yeah. yeah on the full Blu-ray. Um. So yeah, yeah. Project Guard. This was originally called Project Guard. It was a tech demo shown at E3, like like a couple of E3s maybe. And um, the other one, Project Giant Robot, apparently has been cancelled uh, completely. It may show up again in some other form, but um, but yeah, basically Project Guard is now Star Fox Guard. There's kind of like a what do you call it? A tower defense game. Yes. So you can you're supposed to play it with friends so they can tell you, you know, which, because it's kind of impossible to look at 20 video screens at once. Mm-hmm, right. <laughs> yeah, I really like that game mechanic where it's, you know, you've got a bunch of security cameras all pointing at different places, and yeah. you don't have a God's eye view of the world. You just have these awkward cameras to look through. Yeah. I'm kind of more excited about that than I am about just the, you know, Star Fox. <laughs> I'm serious. It's, just, yeah, it's yeah. kind of a unique, ex- unique looking type of experience, and this is something that maybe I can enjoy playing with my wife. And yeah, it works well. really well with, uh, with the Wii U pad. Like, there's few games that really fit that, but this is a really good fit for the, the Wii U pad. And uh, ironically, this actually has online play confirmed, <laughs> and Star Fox Zero doesn't. Um, you can actually, <laughs> in Mario Maker-esque form, you can actually design... Not design levels, but like you can design like um, like paths or like ways for the enemies to come out, and you can like save that and share them with friends. Mm-hmm. And apparently, made it e- easy to do that. So, um, but as far as we know, Star Fox Zero doesn't have any online features at all. You know, you know, I- I'm still not giving up hope on Star Fox Zero. I mean, I, I like Star Fox games in general. I mean, I always have it looks fun better. It looks better than it, the last time we saw it. I think so too. And I mean, it's platinum working with Nintendo. I mean, you look at, like, you know, Bayonetta, you know, Bayonetta 2, and then, you know, the remake of 1, that stuff was pretty, you know, critically acclaimed, and uh, gamers seem to really enjoy that as well. Um, Good-looking game. Yeah, that too. And, I mean, yeah, I mean, Star Fox isn't about necessarily blowing your socks off with, like, you know, some kind of super hyper-realistic-looking visuals, but, you know, they're promising, what, 60 frames a second, 1080p? Um, I think that's something that's important for a game like this. Yeah, I it looks like um, them 
some room because even on their off days with their B teams, Platinum is a pretty solid company. Yeah, yeah. Like they oh, yeah. don't release bad games for the most part. Right. And and to be fair to Platinum, this wasn't their game from the beginning, right? You know, Miyamoto kind of leaned back in his chair one day, got his phone book out and went, uh, Platinum? <laughs> and then got their help, you know, after he'd already, you know, was, I don't know, finished the game, but, you know, it's pretty much <laughs> whatever it was, 50, 60% way through uh, development. Yeah, fix it. Before he decided to uh, pick up his address book. Um, I mean, it, it always scares me when, like, people at Nintendo say, like, like, do you remember with uh, Skyward Sword when they said, uh, Aonuma said, we haven't decided on the art style yet? And then, you know, <laughs> everyone kind of looked like, in the audience kind of looked at each other like, what did he just say? Isn't the game out? Like, in a few months. <laughs> yeah, game coming to you in three months. Thank you. And then, you know, yeah, Miyamoto saying, like, you know, we're looking for a developer to help, you know, <laughs> complete the game. And it's like, uh, <laughs> isn't it supposed to be out soon? Yeah, it turns out it wasn't. And they delayed it, but whatever. Maybe he was actually just getting Platinum to make uh, Star Fox Guard, and this is the latest Platinum title. <laughs> no, I think Star Fox Guard is just Miyamoto in his in his garden shed on his own. Right. I was making Star Fox the actual core game, but I decided I want to stay home and work on Guard instead. So yeah, I mean, fill <laughs> in for me. Yeah. So Ty, I mean, how about you, man? Do you have any interest in Star Fox anymore these days? Meh. Well, the the Platinum one looks like it could be fun. I like the original Star Fox and 64, mm-hmm. and uh, it looks pretty true to those, so yeah, maybe. I heard you're a really big fan of Star Fox oh. Adventures. Uh, I don't think I've <laughs> ever even played that game. No way, I played it when it was Dinosaur Planet. Oh, I played wow. that game on Nintendo 64. Wow, I'm jealous. I'm jealous. That's amazing. That's a nice bit of history. Huh? Say again? How did you get to play that? At E3. Oh, dude, that's cool. Planet GameCube, man. Yeah, it was the same year they had Eternal Darkness on Nintendo 64 and Resident Evil Zero on Nintendo 64. Hey, Ty, you should be on, like, Unseen 64. I should be. (laughs) You're, like, one of the few guys who played the 64. Do you play Resident Evil Zero 64? Yes, I did. Nice. Why, you should definitely be on Unseen 64. (laughs) Uh, yeah, well, this... that was a long time ago. The me- the memories are a bit faded, but <laughs> just, yeah, just like, I did play all those. It's just kind of like you know fake confidence, but oh yeah, I remember every detail. Here's exactly what it was like. <laughs> Man, they need to leak those ROMs on the internet. <laughs> Pretty cool. Yeah, that's a good point. Star Fox Zero on Wii U looks like Star Fox 64 Plus or Enhanced or HD Edition or something to me. It's very, very similar. I mean, the the first level is just straight out of 64, isn't it? I mean, the boss is different, but, like, how you get there is pretty much the same. It's it's amazing. It's kind of the feeling I got. A lot of the first route you play through the game is almost 64, and then once you finish the main route, you get all these alternate routes to change up the game a bit. Yeah, and that that's actually leads on to something that's new, like these kind of teleports, that, uh, what do you call them, like portholes that appear that can take you to other levels and stuff. That that was new, shown in the Direct. And also the Amiibo function. You can you can play as the, um, the uh, Super NES uh, cool. <laughs> R-Wing. Yeah, Super NES R-Wing. That's, really, that's a nice feature. And it apparently changes the music and the effects and the explosions all to, like, you know, super... Chunky polygon style. Mm-hmm. So 
that's cool. Yeah. And the, also the Amiibo R wing has been cancelled. Um, oh, because kids had that or something, right? Yeah, something like that. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's kind of keep going along here. Um, another game that they kind of showed off at all of the, through, throughout the world, all these regions, is a uh, Paper Mario Color Splash, a uh, new Paper Mario game. Um, basically, there's a lot of <laughs> well, this is this has been kind of a known quantity that this, something like this was um, you know kind of in the works. Uh, I think it looks kind of neat. You know, basically you're being Mario using your hammer to splash color back into the world and. Uh, different characters and stuff. I mean, it looks like a you know fun Paper Mario RPG. So, anybody else have any interest? I think. I think uh, was it Emily Rogers? She kind of like leaked it or found out information about this you know, months ago, right? Paper Mario on Wii U. Right. Or somebody. I don't remember who, but we got the email what, a couple months ago. You guys excited about this? Like, well, I don't even know what it is. You know, <laughs> none of us do. Oh well, no, yeah, that, that that was a that was a listener that kind of right. reminded yeah, yeah, exactly. of, as of the fact. But I mean, you know, Emily Rogers she's kind of like, you know, she's uh, in the industry and she right. uh, she's she often like leaks stuff. And there's also Liam Robertson, you know, he's also Neeson. <laughs> Liam Neeson's brother. <laughs> no, <laughs> you should follow him on Twitter, Doctor Cupcakes. I think is his uh, Twitter handle. He's good for. Wait, he <laughs> no, Liam Robertson, I think his name is. Okay. He he actually does do videos for Unseen sixty four. He did like the one on Project Hammer and I saw this saw this watch one of his today about um Factor yeah. Five and uh Pilot Wings. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pilot Wings, yeah. He's good he's good um Yeah, yeah he uh, he actually also leaked uh well said that today, as of this day that we're recording, they're actually um there's a press event showing the Mitomo game to to press, but it's kind of a secret press event. Hmm. Apparently, people are playing it as as we speak. Yeah. But anyway, so I guess other leaks. than that, lots of leaks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, direct. Uh, yeah. Other than that, uh, Disney Art Academy. Anybody have any any interest here for a digital coloring book that's like thirty bucks? Next. <laughs> <laughs> um, It'll do well. It might do well in Japan. I think so. And I. James Jones is talking about this on Radio for Nintendo, but I mean, yeah, they're going pretty crazy here with the face plates and all sorts of different stuff with this game. So, and they keep churning out these art academies, so people must be buying them. Yeah, yeah. So then the other one that we kind of shit all over after E3, um, uh, Metroid By Prime. Me, you mean the entire planet? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> uh, Metroid Prime Federation Force. So uh, I don't know if you guys saw this. Well, obviously, if you saw the direct, you saw the latest footage and stuff, and. Maybe explanations for why you know they wanted to do this. Like, what do you guys think about this now? Still, staying or? Well, when I saw that bubble-headed Samus, I was just like, oh Jesus Christ! Just, I think <laughs> there was there was a good. I took a screenshot, um, a well-timed screenshot of um, the interview with the producer, which is is it Tanabe? It might. Who is it? And <laughs> of course, I was trolling. But like the the subtitles, the the European one is not dubbed. By the way, it's just subtitled. The American okay. one is dubbed with American voices. Yeah. Um. And and it said, uh, "I can confirm." <laughs> I can't even say this with a straight face. I can confirm that Metroid Prime Federation Forces is a game. <laughs> um. Of course, that wasn't the full sentence, but that's the screenshot I took because the, the the rest of the sentence was a game in the Metro Prime universe or something like that. <laughs> Basically, it was just like an apologetic or like kind of a please understand interview. Like 
yeah. please play this game. It is really a Metro game, you know. It, it does have Samus in, you know, please give it a chance. It was basically like an apology to, you know, all the people that were shitting all over it. Right. And the fans responded by giving that video a thousand uh, thumbs down. So uh, <laughs> that obviously worked. <laughs> Thumb, thumbs God. down on YouTube. And actually Nintendo took off the, the counter because there was so many <laughs> <laughs> down thumbs that it was kind of embarrassing. Oh, man. I'm, I'm so, always wary of games that get such an immediate bad response, so I, I will give this a try, but I'm not expecting I mean, much from it. It's been said, it's been said a thousand times now, but like, the the only reason it's getting such hate is that there isn't like a a full you know Wii U Metroid to balance this out, you know, like you know when Metroid Prime Prim, Pinball was announced, you know, people were like you know whatever we've well, got. Well, hold on there, James. Metroid like, Prime I... One and Two. Okay, like, uh, I don't know or care if there's a, a Metroid Prime on Wii U, and I still think this game looks bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 but if there if the was, like, a, you know, like a full-on... Uh, do you like Metroid type, by the way? Uh, I like all the ones that came out before Metroid Prime. Oh, oh you don't even like Prime? Yeah. No. But even, oh, okay. Like, okay, let's say you only like 2D, 2D Metroids, right? Like... Right. If there was like a 2D Metroid on 3DS and it was like you know full you know sequel to Super Metroid or whatever, and we had that and this, you know, I think there would be less hate. That's what I mean. It's like yeah, this right. is all like, we okay. this is all we have, you know. Like no, it, this game doesn't doesn't look like a Metroid game. It doesn't even look like a Metroid Prime game. It's, I it seems like a mistake from day one. Like um, not saying they should scrap the whole thing, but uh. I think it was a mistake to add the Metroid name to it. They should have uh, developed it as an original IP, I think. Yeah, it, like the whole game feels like a spin-off, but you can't make spin-off games without having a core game to spin off. Right. Metroid doesn't have a core game. It's like Danny was saying. Or Danny, who said this? James. It, it's like a really, really, really desperate tie-in. That's what it looks like to me. Yeah. It's strange because Tanabe, during his apologetic interview, he did say, you know, he'd been working on this game for years, you know, even back in the DSi. Yeah, 2000, 2009. I mean, it, like, you know, he maybe... Always bet on Duke! <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't really understand, but... Um... This is the, the Duke Nukem Forever of Metroid games. Yeah, any game that is in production that long is probably going but... to be terrible. I think from what he was saying in that little bit, he didn't go into specifics, but I think at one point basically the whole idea was shelved, and then a couple of years ago when the new 3DS came out, they said, "Hey, you know, we can do this a little bit, a hell of a lot more effectively than what we could back in the day." So it's kind of like you know they had the concept, but they didn't. It wasn't just like you know code or something. I think they he said they totally redid everything. I mean, I think it it does control like a prime game, and it kind of irritates me when people say like, "Oh, it's." Because they've got the second stick on the new 3DS, you can do it now. Well, Metro Prime One didn't didn't need a second stick. The second stick right. was just for selecting your visor. There's you can have. It's not a first-person shooter game. It's a first-person adventure game, right? Yeah. You don't need the second stick. Push your so glasses. All, up on all your nose, this bullshit. James. You what? Push your glasses up on your nose, James. <laughs> I I am. <laughs> <laughs> I did already. Mm -hmm. So like that complaint is is not a valid complaint. You know like. It's not a real shooter or whatever. That's not why we don't like it. <laughs> it's right. because it doesn't look very good. And also, like, you know, the Zelda game, the Three Swords Adventures, Three Swords Misadventures <laughs> on, on, on 3DS. 
you know, that was another, yeah, that was another thing. We had, like, you know, Link Between Worlds. We had you know, Majora's Mask remake. We had the Wind Waker HD remake. All of these, you know, good, you know, real Zelda games. And then this kind of crappy little uh, spin-off game, which, you know, turned out to be not very good. But, you know, who gives a shit? It's just a spin-off game. But, you know, Metroid Prime is kind of like the Three Souls adventures of Metroid, but, you know, we don't really have anything else. <laughs> so, I guess... And also, I'm, I'm also kind of worried about if it's a co-op-only game, like, I mean, apparently you can play by yourself, and right. they turn into AI-controlled uh, bots, which is which is good, which is better than Zelda, because they didn't do that. <laughs> you had to... Did, you didn't buy it. None of us bought that game, right? No, did not. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that aspect of it sounds okay. Like you don't need to have, you know, three friends online to even play the game, which is good. But um, I just, Metroid is not a, a co-op, what do you call it? Like a team shooter game. That's the thing that, you know, bugs me. You know? It's, well, it's you not. It, co-op is the last word you're thinking of when you think of Metroid. You, it's not a co-op game. It's a solo experience. That's all. One, one thing that's kind of, I don't know if I would say even bugged me, but this kind of made me, stop and kind of think about what they're trying to do with this game. You know, they're trying to talk about, like, how this is kind of about, um, you know, how basically the whole Metroid universe outside of Samus and maybe the conflict between the Federation <laughs> and the space Who cares? Pilots. Who but cares? Even if that's the case, like, why... Who knows? At this point, we don't know, but I, I kind of have my doubts. But it's like you have these space pirates. Well, what's their motivation to be bad? Why? What do they do? you know, that make them pirates, you know, by the definition of what a pirate is, do these guys actually, you know, <laughs> loot and plunder, or do they just show up and be assholes? I mean, just to those guys, we just don't know, and I don't think this is really going to answer it. It's just going to be like kill room type of looking things, you know? That's what it kind of just seems like. Um, but then again, like, do you really yeah. want them going deep into story on Metroid? Didn't they try that with um, uh, other M and kind of <laughs> failed miserably? Whoopsie doodle. <laughs> So, I don't know. It's, it's like having a Zelda game, but, like, you know, the whole thing is about the postman's relationship with the village folk, and it's like a text adventure. I'd play that. Like it, <laughs> <laughs> the, the focusing on the wrong thing, you know. It's like, I, the, was it Metroid Prime 2, the one where it started with all the chatty chatterbollocks, you know? Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's you know, like, stuff. The, you know, those, like... Troopers that you know, like, start you know saluting, saluting. Yeah, the Halo troopers that start saluting to you and you know, whining on about things that don't give a shit about. <laughs> and then you know, Metroid Prime Three was even worse for like you know the talky talky nonsense. But you know, it, it was still a good game despite all that, right? Mm -hmm. I just don't care about the freaking Galactic Federation or whatever it is. Well, I think it could be cool to like expand the universe, you know, of the series and stuff, but I just don't know if this is the right way to do it. I, am I going to buy this? Is anybody going to buy this game? Actually, no. <laughs> I knew you I'll were. play a demo. If I get a chance to play it, I will play it, but I'm not buying it without playing it first. Hmm. Actually, Danny, I was wrong about one thing. that I said that this would never get a release in Japan, yeah. and uh, apparently it is coming out in Japan. Yeah, totally. I think this is the first time they've ever talked about it in a Japan sense, you know, like yeah, it is. A, a date and everything, because it was just complete silence. That's why I thought it just wasn't coming out here. I was, yeah, I was pretty surprised too. <laughs> Metroid is not popular. Metroid Prime is less popular, and a Metroid Prime co-op shooter would be, you know, even less down the 
the, the, well, the, the RT scale. It's on the 3DS, so at least you're installed yeah, it's yeah. bigger to, you know, maybe get a few suckers that, that don't like the stuff the members buy. You know, it could actually be Splatoon that helped this um, stay afloat, you know, because, you know, the success of Splatoon, you know, being a right. shooter in Japan, maybe they thought... Maybe uh, there's more people interested in playing the shooty shooties. It's cute enough too. I mean, it could appeal to that crowd. Yeah, that bobblehead look. <laughs> he should rebrand it as a Splatoon game. <laughs> kind of what I was just yeah. going to say that I'm really impressed Nintendo haven't shoveled out any random old Splatoon game on 3DS. Pretty much any other company would have capitalized mm-hmm. on the insane Splatoon popularity. Give it time. Yeah, yes. like they will eventually get to it, but you know, it's been a year. Year and a half. I don't know when did Splatoon come out. Last year. Yeah. Last year. Last summer. Wait, was it last summer? It was like the summer before. Yeah, Splatoon game came out in a heartbeat. I'd buy it on 3DS. So mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Four player, four player Splatoon game on 3DS. Why not? Right. Or you could right. just wait for the NX. <laughs> All right, we need to kind of pick up the pace here. Yeah, let's move on. Let's move on. So uh, I'll I'll list out a couple of other things that were specific to the Japan Direct. Um, so Shovel Knight's finally actually coming to Japan. Uh, has Huzzah! A June 30th, and this is coming to both 3DS and Wii U. Uh, this is being localized by 8.4, uh, friends of the show, and uh, it's being published by Nintendo uh, here as well. So no X-Bone version in Japan. <laughs> not, not that anyone would have bought it. <laughs> yes, I mean, it, I mean other, other than you know maybe a release on PlayStation where it could have maybe seen some success... I don't know, Nintendo's a, it's a good place to be here yeah, in Japan. It's um, so it's a good fit. And the games, they each cost 2,000 yen each, and, they're, and the Amiibo is going to be uh, 1,500, and that's coming out here as well. Uh, there's actually going to be a special pack with only the 3DS version and the Amiibo. It's going to be 3,500 yen, and I think I'm going to get that. Um, nice. So I've been I, waiting. I, 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 yeah. I might get the Amiibo. I, I didn't bother getting it with the Western release, but if I see it on a store shelf, it'll be harder for me to not buy it. So, Danny, just to be clear, the Amiibo is only with the 3DS version? No, the Amiibo, okay, it comes... It's separate? Okay. You buy it separate or in a bundle with the 3DS. There's no bundle with the Wii U version. Okay. Right. As far as I know, I don't think there's a physical release of the Wii U version, and the only way to get the physical version of the 3DS game is with this Amiibo, I think. Oh, That's okay, what it okay. looks so, like. So and you're going to get a physical, like, physical copy of the 3DS one. It could just be like a code, too. I, I don't know. Ah, good point. They could Dragon Quest it. Right. <laughs> but they might, like, forego the case and just put it in, like, an Amiibo box. <laughs> I really don't know. <laughs> um, but it's cool. And also in the same vein, while we're on this topic of, uh, you know, eShop games are finally coming out in Japan. Uh, actually, no, wait a minute. Meat Boy is coming to Wii U. As we was rumored, like maybe last year, right? I think I remember Ty reading out that news story. They kind of hinted at right, but I'm not sure if that is coming to Japan. So I don't know. Uh, they didn't say anything about it. So <laughs> I don't think it matters. I don't even know. I think, if... it, I think it was actually only shown in the European one, or like during like an eShop kind of roundup trailer thing. Right. But anyway, they... <laughs> it started off on the Wii, <laughs> and then ended up on the Wii U. You know, whatever, six years later. <laughs> right. It's finally, finally around to coming, coming out. <laughs> uh, next up, on no, the, no, me boy, amiibo. Sorry, Ty. <laughs> not yet. Rest in peace. <laughs> uh, next up, there's actually a new puzzle and dragons game coming out on the 3DS. It's an old uh, puzzle and dragons. 
I think they, they kept saying cross in the direct, and they, it's <laughs> called like Kami, Kami no Show or Yu no Show. There are two versions. And um, I think I was going to check this before the show, but they have like anime like clips and stuff in the game. This makes me lead to believe this is some kind of, uh, what the heck do you say, uh, transmedia bullshit. property type of thing. Where that's what it kind of like, seems like. Um, they're gonna release an anime, and this is the tie-in game to the anime, or something. Or... <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's really kind of like an expanded puzzle and drag. It's not just the puzzle stuff. You're actually like running around like an overworld at some points. It looks like and stuff and uh, <laughs> You need it, to buy both versions. You know, it's like a Pokemon. Pokemon. It's like a Pokemon thing. So, right. Yeah. I've never actually played the Puzzle and Dragon arcade game. I should give that a shot. Hmm. It's getting cheaper and cheaper on 3DS here. <laughs> um, but anyway, so uh, another thing, too, that is, this is in both or all regions, but uh, the Japanese name for this, Hoshinokabi Robobo Planeto, or Kirby, you know, Robobot Planet. No, Planet Robobot? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, which, is, which is such a shame because Robobo is such a great thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> say it with me. Robobo. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's coming to 3DS everywhere, obviously, but it's coming out in 3DS on uh, April 28th here, and then in the West, uh, in basically June 10th, June 11th, uh, for North America and Australia, Europe, all that type of stuff. Man, those ami uh, American Amiibo collectors are going to be going mental in uh, April, aren't they? Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm probably going to be sending a few over to uh, <laughs> the Toys for Games cast. <laughs> cool, cool. So, yeah, that's coming. I, uh, you know, I played Triple Deluxe. <laughs> I reviewed Triple Deluxe, and I thought it was okay. I, I didn't think it was, like, bad. I didn't think it was great. And this is pretty much seems to be using the same engine, and... Right. It's probably going to be kind of like an expansion of that. So if you're into that game, I'd say, you know, hey, go ahead and get this thing. You're probably going to love it. For guys like me, you're probably just like, eh, probably better off just not wasting your money. I'll probably pick this one up. I love Kirby. I love robots. This is both of those things. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's some cool little concepts in the game. Um, it, it, so. it just, it just looks, one thing I love about Kirby is that at the moment it seems like they've just got a big wheel set up in the, the Nintendo office with a bunch of random nouns and Kirby in the middle of it. Let's make a game. Oh, we're making clay today. Oh, yarn tomorrow. Robots yep. tomorrow after that. It's <laughs> yeah. perfect because Kirby's a circle, so the, you know that wheel does work. <laughs> so the four amiibos are Kirby like, lying on his star, yeah. Meta Knight, a different version of Meta Knight. So there's now two Kirbys and two Meta Knights right. amiibos. Oh, no, and two King Day Day Day, or yes. DDD. And this day-to-day -day looks way weird compared to the Smash day-to-day. -day, so. Oh, as Danny's written in the agenda, kind day-to-day. Nice. -day. <laughs> <laughs> he's very, he's very nice this time around. And then Waddle Dee uh, is the other new one, right? Yeah. So yeah. And I think like it's an absolute travesty that they were they they make Kirby in a giant ride armor in the game, and it's not the amiibo. You just get yeah. regular old Kirby. Where's the robot Kirby? Well, this is just the start of the Kirby line, so... Coming soon to eBay. <laughs> yes. eBay Japan. Which doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. eBay doesn't exist in Japan. I know. You, if you try to go, it's like some kind of... It basically tries to explain to Japanese businesses how to use eBay in America. Oof. eBay is a popular <laughs> auction site in America. 
<laughs> well, in Japan, they use Yahoo auctions. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's still alive. Yahoo, guys, Yahoo is still alive over here. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Most people listening to this are going like, what? <laughs> yeah, what? Yeah. Um, Get your Yahoo Messenger working. <laughs> yes. So anyways, kind of one of the biggest things of the Nintendo Direct, at least for me personally, and probably for James, he loves this stuff. So uh, yeah. Super Famicom slash Super Nintendo games are Thank you. <laughs> New 3DS. And, um, so. I, was actually, I was actually worried that I was the only one that noticed this, but thankfully lots of people were kind of joining the cause here. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it just seems... The reason why it seems so tone-deaf is that in the same direct, they're talking about this unified, you know, this new My Nintendo account system, kind of uni- u- unifying Wii U 3DS smartphones. And then in the same breath, they say, here's the same Virtual Console games again. Please buy it. Please understand. And it's like, wait, what? <laughs> you know, these are the same ROMs, literally the same ROMs. You've already paid for them. But you're asking us to buy the game twice anyway, yeah. and that and that makes you think about you know the NX. You know people are thinking you know the NX is going to be this cross-play, cross-buy system. You know you you buy it once and you get it on the TV and on the on the go at once. But and it's kind of like cast a shadow of that idea completely because like maybe we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves. You know like oh you buy the game once you can even play it anywhere. But okay, let's just scrap that idea immediately. This is Nintendo. We're going to be buying the game twice. We might get a discount if we if it does turn out to be this multi you know platform thing, but I seriously doubt it's going to be you know buy one get one free because <laughs> if you think of the way uh, retail works in Japan, buy one get one free doesn't exist for a start. There there is no word in Japanese that that phrase is untranslatable in Japanese. Buy one get one free. It just doesn't exist. Domino's yeah, um, Pizza has that. Yeah, that's the English side. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I have the Japanese one too. Well, I'm, I'm just being stupid. But no, I, and I think yeah. that's the thing, James. Like when, when it comes to Nintendo and stuff like this, you really got to set your expectations pretty goddamn low. Because if, if you're going in... I have done it. Like um, there was the Mario and Muniz game that was, you know, cross-buy, cross cross-play or whatever. There was there was a eShop game last year, maybe two years ago now, called Squid's Odyssey. And uh, it's like an indie game. Right. And uh, they said, you know, this is going to be the first ever Nintendo cross-buy game. You know, that actually made news. This tiny little indie game made news because it was cross-buy. You bought it on 3DS or Wii U, you got the other one for free. Right. Well, and I mean... It, it's kind of worrying when, like, a little indie game like that makes, like, headline news <laughs> because because of, you know, thing like cross-buy. Well, if you think about that, what were the chances of that developer's game getting the same, basically getting the 3DS version and the Wii U version in the customer's hands? Pretty much right. slim to nothing. Exactly. Compared exactly, to something like yeah. this, where if Nintendo gives this stuff away for free, you know, hey, you buy one, get one free, they're leaving money on the table, and that's just bad for business. So yeah, I mean, I mean, that's, why they're, that's why they're throwing out all these great, you know, these great games out here now. And they're gonna get like the, you know, kind of dredge up the Super Nintendo library later on, kind of like what they're doing on the Wii U here now. Well, they just want you to choose, don't they? Like, which game do you want on the go? Which game do you want at home? You can't have both. <laughs> it's like, okay, thanks, Dad. Yeah. Um. But uh, yes, I was gonna. Oh yeah, Shovel Knight as well. That was another thing, you know. Um, 
who's like, you know, ex exclusive Nintendo systems for a long time, right? And we had a 3DS and Wii U versions, but, you know, they were just, you know, buy one, get one for the same, <laughs> for the same price. Because <laughs> um, you had to buy it twice. And you could argue, you know, they, they were slightly different games. Well, not really, but <laughs> you know what I mean? That was a kind of one step forward, two steps back with this kind of thing. Sure. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of, a, yeah, it's, it's kind of like um, putting dunking your head in cold water kind of thing, kind of a wake-up call to what, you know, the NX will be, you know, if, if it is any of these things that we predicted to be. Um, yeah, like Danny said, keep your expectations super low. Right. <laughs> any and of I, these kind of things. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not saying that as like, you know, hey, Nintendo shit, blah blah blah. No, I mean, hey, I'm the idiot that I am literally part of the problem to why Nintendo does <laughs> this type of stuff, you know. But you know, I guess just to talk about the the games that I actually released here with the launch of, <laughs> you know, the third time they've done Super Nintendo Virtual Console stuff now. Um, uh, <laughs> Here in Japan, Super Mario World, F-Zero, Super Donkey Kong, a.k.a. Donkey Kong Country, uh, Link to the Past, and then Mother 2, a.k.a. Earthbound. Those are all out right now. And they have a they have a kind of a, a decent sale right now where all of these games are 50% off. And then, like, select... Oh, just from the get-go? You can buy any 50% off? Right now, for all the five of those games are 50% off. That's why I bought three. I was like, hey, you know, I like Mario so... World, I like Zelda. In Europe, it's a slightly less good deal, um, and Ameri America even worse than that, because there is no deals, <laughs> unfortunately. But in Europe, it's, they're, they're releasing them in pairs, so it's like you know F Zero and Mario Kart or whatever. Uh, there's like you know similar games like that, like a two two racing games, two platforms or whatever. And you buy one, you get the other half off. Okay. So yeah. it's not quite as good as Japan, but uh, and then America, there's absolutely no deals whatsoever. So. Uh -huh. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I was a little bit concerned at first because I was checking out the releases this week, and I was like, this is bullshit! There's no other virtual console games on Super Nintendo! And then I realized that the sale actually goes on until the 16th of May, or March, excuse me. Uh, so they're probably just like, no, don't want to have more games out that people would be like, well, why aren't these games on sale? They're going to wait until the sale's over so they can sell the rest of them for full price. Right, right. <laughs> And so the ones that, they actually, on the Japan Direct, they actually in, announced a long list of games that are coming out, you know, the, the upcoming releases, right? They didn't really tease anything in the, the European or American ones, um, but in Japan, they, they, they were looking at the screen now and the agenda, but like, maybe you can see it on your smart device right now, but there's just like a, a page of logos yeah. <laughs> about the games that are going to be released, right? Right. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, a lot of the stuff, I, they, they, some of the stuff's already known quantities, even in the other regions and whatnot. Like, you know, uh, there's a couple of Fire Emblem games coming out. Kirby Ball, a.k.a. Kirby's Dream Course. Um, that's that's another thing, too. Uh, lots of Mega Man Xs, Mega Man 7, Street Fighters, Final yeah. Fights, Super yeah, Ghouls and Ghosts. Like, yeah, yeah. That's yeah just, I'm actually yes. really impressed with this list of games here. It's, yeah, like, some of them definitely raised my eyebrows. Like, wow, that's getting released? That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Actually, Ty, Ty Mr. Mr. Emulator, Alpha right. 2, I think I remember that being, like, the only one that was, like, he was, like, not very good on an emulator. Like, they couldn't quite figure out that chip. Uh, I don't know, maybe. But, like, the Super Nintendo version itself, it was cursed with the uh, load time, actually. 
What? Yeah, like you'd start the round and you would have to wait like an extra like two seconds after it said fight because mm. uh, that game has a lot of animation. It was like uh, it was very difficult to get that game into a cartridge. Yeah. So from, yeah, from what I remember, the uh, it, it, it was never available to but... yeah. Emulation was not good for that game, so this is probably the only way to play this game, other than the actual cartridge. <laughs> well, without it this breaking. This is actually, well, this is probably actually the worst option to play this game because you know Alpha <laughs> Two has been released on a lot of platforms. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. If you if you get the PSP version, it has two additional characters you can't get on any other format. What? That's oh PSP really? Version. Never heard no. of it. <laughs> Who did they add into Alpha 2 on Oh, Alpha PS2. 2. No, sorry. I think Alpha 3 Max. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I I was thinking that you were thinking of Alpha yeah. 3 Max upper whatever. All the Final Fights. Final Fight Guy. Yay. Okay. Is that Final Fight Tough? Is that what you mean, Danny? Yeah. I it's called like... Final Fight Tough? I'll just answer for him, yes. Okay. Okay. Sure. Super Ghouls and Ghosts. Mr. Uh, Go Goemon, Mystical Ninja, starring Goemon, Contra 3, and Super Castlevania 4. Right. Are also coming out. Not not yet, but right. know, on the way. Yes. On the way. Upcoming. Play it. Play them all. Yeah. Super Castlevania 4 is like amazing for like a first-generation Super Nintendo game, by the way. Right. Like, like these developers got their hands on the, all this crazy like scaling technology and they just went ham with it. You know, everybody talks about the room that rotates all the way around, but, like, so many bosses are, like, these multi-part scaling things, and then there's, like, this whole room that makes you want to throw up as the <laughs> the background, like, rotates around you like a weird tube. It's pretty <laughs> awesome. Play Super Castlevania 4 immediately. Cool. Reminds me of... Uh... Oh, sorry. I was going to say it reminds me of on the GameCube, the uh... Star Wars... Rogue Squadron, Danny, the GameCube yeah. launch game. It was like the GameCube launch game, but it was like still one of the best Wii GameCube and then Wii games. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> looking, yeah. Like it was like the best looking Nintendo game for like eight years. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Like, kind of reminds me. As soon as I saw the Japanese list, I'm like, oh, cool. I wouldn't actually mind getting a bunch of these on my 3DS like right now. And I even went to the store, turned it on, and then read new 3DS only. Ah, uh, right, yeah, I forgot about that. Bastard. You loser. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, new 3DS only because you need that power. And also, it's it's isn't it kind of odd that you know the the Game Boy Advance games you know are still not on the 3DS, even on the new 3DS. My, I was thinking about that too, and my only reason is I think that they're with those old versions, and this has been talked about to death, I think, but they're basically putting the 3DS into DS mode, which is then going into Game Boy Advance yeah, mode. Yeah, but I mean, what I mean is that now, maybe with the new 3DS, they can just straight up emulate them. Yeah, that's that, what I was thinking too. Because um, um, I think it was another kind of semi-trolling tweet that I did at the time of the Direct, but like, I said, you know, people should note that Nintendo releasing Super Nintendo games on the 3DS on the same day they're releasing Game Boy Advance games on the Wii U. Well, hell yeah. Like, <laughs> Shining Souls 2, consoles. Man, <laughs> Shining Souls 2 had to come out. Everybody needed that. Everyone needed that in Japan. 
Consoles on handheld and handheld on consoles. Brilliant. Boom. So, anyway. Uh, <laughs> let's uh, keep moving on here. So, other news. Uh, James, I think you put this one on here about Kinscape. Oh, yeah. Retro. I, I just mentioned, I was talking about Tanabe with the, uh, the Federation Force thing, right? Right. So, yeah, Liam uh, Robertson, the, the guy who was uh, kind of mentioning about, you know, he's good for, like, leaks and, you know, tips and Nintendo Such news and stuff. Master. <laughs> yeah, he's got, you know, insider knowledge. Yes. Um, so he he uh, uh, ran an article on his uh, Patreon page um, about how Kensuke Tanabe and Retro are no longer on good terms. So that's why, you know, uh, Sakamoto is basically the new, you know, producer for, like, you know, uh, Metroid games now. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Apparently there was, like, you know, some falling out about, you know, how the games were being made, you know, and, like, retro... You know, this was during, like, Donkey Kong... Uh, sorry, Donkey Kong Returns and oh. Tropical Freeze and stuff like that. You know, they were working together on that. So it's also kind of, like, maybe why we haven't had a Wii U Metroid yet. Uh, or maybe that's why. I don't know. We don't know, but apparently that's the, the rumor anyway. You should check out his uh, Patreon page for, like, you know, full deets on the whole story. It's kind of interesting if you're interested in those kind of background stories, on uh, especially on retro, which we haven't heard anything about for so long now. It's kind of worrying, you know. Right, right. An ex-launch title, Metroid Prime 4, confirmed, not confirmed. <laughs> yes. Uh, so another kind of thing that we've been following up on over the past couple of months is, uh, you know, the Wii U shortages here in Japan and. Um, right. This is still a rumor, and this is actually coming from Nikkei, and uh, it's kind of like what we. Hold on. So it says like you know the, the shortages are due to Nintendo restricting supply to avoid unsold inventory. Uh, the quote from Nikkei is: In Japan, since late January, signs saying Wii U is out of stock had begun appearing at game shops across the country. That has sparked rumors that the company might be might about might be about to cut prices, though Nintendo denies this. According to the rumors, the company has also been restricting supplies to avoid unsold inventory. I, makes sense. I mean, they don't want to put too much shit out there on the market and then just have just a big-ass surplus of it. Um, but then they they forgot to restock when everything was sold out. <laughs> yeah, I, maybe they under, you know, under, they just didn't realize how, how popular, it wasn't even that popular, but, <laughs> you know. That well, they definitely uh, didn't predict uh, Splatoon's uh, popularity, right? Definitely not. I mean, we found out. I mean, I said it in one, in the uh, my you know Mario Maker slash Splatoon segment a uh, few episodes back. But like, you know, the amiibos were like the top selling, the top three best selling amiibos in Japan were the top were the three Splatoon amiibos. Right. So you know, it's kind of obvious when you think about it. You yeah, know, they were the, hard to find. It's the best selling Wii U game, and people bought a lot of those amiibos to go with it. Right. <laughs> So uh, the next little part up here, um, this is something that came out on the news. You can actually, it's all over the place now, but uh, you know, so the deal has actually been finalized for Nintendo and Universal Studios Japan, or otherwise known as USJ. Uh, 40, bin, 40 billion yen is being invested. That's about 350 million U.S. dollars. It's being invested into uh, a project uh, at USJ to be finished up by 2020, just in time for the Olympic Games in Tokyo, um, and. Like the proposed area they have for this Nintendo maybe Mario themed area, it's pretty damn big. Um, and I guess because 
a couple of years ago they opened up like this Harry Potter attraction. It's pretty big. I mean, probably all sorts of rides and stuff. I've yeah, that looks there. cool. Yeah, it does look really cool. And this is like kind of something on the scale of that. So, yeah, that's kind of exciting. It's good, it's good timing for um, people coming over for the Olympics, right? Because, oh, yeah. you know, p- people are going to – well, <laughs> maybe they'll just uh, – that'll be an excuse to uh, go to USJ and check it out, Nintendo oh. Land. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited because, well, yeah, I guess my son will be nine by then. So, yeah, that's – that's uh, perfect for uh, taking him there. Yeah. And don't forget, uh, Nintendo has a, oh sorry, uh, Nintendo has a tie-in for uh, Pokemon being the official mascots of the Olympic Games or something along those lines. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think you're right. Actually, yeah. yeah it could be 48th performance. But uh, USTA always—they're <laughs> like—they're uh, pretty open to video game stuff. They have like Monster Hunter rides pretty regularly. Oh Every yeah. Biohazard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not not to a... mention the uh, one, the wonderful uh, Universal Studios games on GameCube. It's <laughs> <laughs> not the one where you pick up, you pick up rubbish. It's like a rubbish collecting game, right? Maybe I, I, I don't know. I just remember like wanting to murder Woody Woodpecker. Basic launch title. <laughs> About man. twenty minutes in. Yeah. Oh, Danny, was... Danny, you just, you just gave me stomach cramps thinking of. You just said then, maybe AKB48 are gonna play. They are going to play, aren't they? Jesus Christ. Because I was thinking about... Like, now you've done it. No. Oh, my God. I, I feel nauseous. Because, like, you know, the London Olympics, mm-hmm. that was, like, you know, like a celebration of everything, like, you know, British. And it was, like, all this amazing music throughout the ages. And, like, you know, it's like holograms of Freddie Mercury coming out. And I'm just thinking, holy shit, they can't do that in Japan. It's going to be, like, yeah, it's going to be AKB and... Hatsune Miku. Holograms, man. Well, AKB48 are the official music people for the Olympics. Are you? No, I, was just, I was just joking. What? No, I'm, I'm not. That, yeah, check it out. I, they may have changed by now because I know there was uproar. I think some public figure said it would be an embarrassment. Uh, yeah, it would be. Yeah, of course yeah. it would be. <laughs> I'm going to have to like disconnect my television during the whole of the Olympics, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But they're idle to them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Straight after Martin Luther King. <laughs> Same thing. They do so much for society. Same thing. All so. hundred fifty thousand of them. So um, this la- this last bit, I just kind of added it in because it was like breaking news at the time of recording. Um, and I have to read this carefully because I almost read this as Pokemon Chinko, <laughs> uh, which is uh, <laughs> which people who understand Japanese will get that. Um, so it, yeah, the dicks. <laughs> Thanks, Ty, for just spelling it out. But um, so yeah, it's called Pokemon Co Master, and Co is short for Chink. Whoa! <laughs> See, I did it again. Jinko Chino, which means uh, which is which is Japanese for artificial intelligence. So this is like a you know an iOS game. Um, there's there's just a, like a tra- like a kind of a CG trailer at the moment, but it's gonna use like these amiibo style figures. Um, I wouldn't actually jump too fast on that. Uh, as far as I can tell, they're not real figures. It's uh, oh, are they just like the in-game things, yeah. oh, virtual ones. Okay, so these um, it's basically the the Jap- Japanese chess uh, Go. If I don't know if anyone anyone has ever played that, but like with with Pokemon. So, so actually, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna wind back pretty far. But do any of you remember the Pokemon trading figure game from about like ten years ago? The Pokemon yeah. trading card game, I remember. Not to argue. This is 
the figure game. It got a really limited release, and I was wildly unpopular. And <laughs> so the, Sounds amazing. It was the, the figures were were beautiful. There's some of the nicest Pokemon figures I've ever seen were from this game, and it is this game. It was the same thing where you had a, a board and you had to you had a zone of six Pokemon on each side, and it's kind of like a maze where you have to try and get your figures to the opponent's goal. And so yeah, and like if you bump into an opponent's figure, then you have to battle him with the stupid spinning mechanic. But so I gather that's what this is doing. It's like they're using their old rules they made up for this old game and just making a digital version of it. Okay, and to, just to be clear, this is not Pokemon Go, which is uh, a, a whole different thing. Pokemon Co and Pokemon Go, totally different games. Okay, don't get those confused. Pokemon Co, Pokemon Go. <laughs> I think. And actually, I think, because it's called Pokemon Co-Master, that right. Koma is a Japanese word for figure or something, I think. Koma. Koma. Isn't that like the little tops? Uh, it's, oh, like it's, in, it's, it's like in, in Shogi or something. I can't remember. I read something about okay. that. But... I'll take your word for it. Oh, uh, Koma is like a, like a box or a square or a panel, maybe. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I could be stretched on that one. But, yeah, so it just looks like an iOS game. But, yes, it is. Please understand. Yeah. Tin Pokemon, that was a South Park episode. <laughs> yeah. Right. I think the main shtick of this is like Heroes is the company making it and they specialize in artificial intelligence for Shogi and Go platforms. So it's going to have a large aspect of that or something where the game plays itself and you kind of step in to guide it in certain places. Sounds perfect for an international audience. <laughs> when, and by international, I mean Japan only. Yeah. Brilliant. And yeah. one last thing, right, Cyrus? Yeah, while we're still talking about Pokemon with no interruption between, the, uh, <laughs> so Pokemon Go, the other iOS and Android game being released for Pokemon coming up, uh, is going through a Japanese-only beta. Hmm. So Have you signed up for it? Up, of course. I don't even have a phone that can support this, but I'm now looking into buying a new phone. So, <laughs> so Danny? Uh, Ty? Anyone? No, I didn't even know this was a thing. No. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll pass around the link afterwards. So it's it's a, it's a sign-up page. You don't actually get access to beta yet, but they're collecting emails. They're going to send out betas at a certain point in the future. I think the end of March. So. Okay. It just asks for like your region, your experience of previous, the Ingress game that this Pokemon Go is based on. So they're probably looking for a spread of players from all levels of play. Cool. And you, I wonder if they'll sell you a sell a send you a free watch thing strap. That will be vision. Because <laughs> when the game comes out, I am one hundred percent getting one of those straps. Do you need Do you need that for the game? By the way, no. you have to have you it. Don't need it. It's just an extra thing. Okay. They probably won't send you one then. <laughs> so, all right. Cool. Well, yeah, is that all the news, Danny? I believe it is. So we'll go ahead and take another quick break here and be right back. Hey guys, it's JC again, and this time it's going to be a Mario Maker minute because I've already talked about Mario Maker in my new business. 
so yeah, and to go back to the keys, a little uh, detail which I which I didn't know at the time of uh, my new business is that you can actually have up to ten red coins per level, and the counter will accommodate that. So you can have five coins in the top half, five coins in the bottom, and you can actually have uh, if you have four sets of uh, keyed doors at the top and bottom, you can actually have up to eight keys following you so it kind of looks like Yoshi's Island with the amount of keys dragging out behind you but yeah you can definitely do that be aware you can actually also add keys to enemies um, which can make uh, things really difficult for people playing your course especially if you attach them to a Koopa Trooper because if you just jump on a Koopa Trooper and like turn him into a shell you will not get the key from him you have to do the kind of the spin move and actually you know completely destroy him to get the key so just be aware of that if you're playing a level with a locked door and you just can't figure out where the hell the key is the other um, item that I forgot to mention was the uh, skewers, which are from Super Mario World, um, the ones that kind of slam down from the top, spiky things. Um, you can actually do those um, to the side as well, so you can make some really challenging levels there. And uh, other things that were added, uh, the Super Expert Mode, so this is obviously harder than Expert Mode. So if you've got 100 Mario Challenge now, there's actually an additional uh, uh, challenge uh, there for you, and that unlocks more costumes as well, like Tetra from uh, Wind Waker. Um, another thing that's been added to the uh, the website, you know, the Mario Maker bookmark website, is that you can now um, view world records for um, like best times. So you can see how many levels you have got the best time on, and it also works for the first clears. So you can see how many levels you were the first to clear on, or you can just see who's the best in the world at first clearing levels and stuff like that. As for event courses, there's actually a Twilight Princess HD um, course um, where you can play as Wolf Link, which is pretty cool. And there's actually another one with Mary O, the uh, or Mashiro, the help lady. So there's uh, two event courses that you can play, and you get uh, costumes for both. Pretty cool. I don't have any recommended courses for you today, but um, I think the Mario Maker Bookmark website is doing a pretty good job of that. If you click on, you know, recommended courses, and they've got a good, pretty good collection. But um, if you do have a course that you think is cool and uh, think I should uh, advertise it, then uh, let me know on Twitter or whatever, and I'll tell you about it next time. Okay, Squid fans, here we go. Here's your Splatoon update. The Nintendo Direct actually had some interesting news on some updates which are coming to Splatoon. So uh, the first thing, uh, Arowana Mall and Moray Towers, they're actually going to change. Uh, the, the courses are going to change. The maps will now be more like the Splat Zone versions, uh, even if you're playing it in Turf War. So for example, in Arowana Mall, there's some uh, grates that are going to re be removed. So it'll be uh, just like the uh, Splat Zones version, which is pretty cool. Um, other things like uh, matchmaking and team assignments are going to be adjusted. Um, so, for example, uh, you're going to be uh, more likely to be with someone of the same rank, um, not someone that's too higher than too much higher than you. So, matchmaking should be a little bit fairer now. And uh, also, during the rank uh, battles, um, if you're at a disadvantage, for example. Um, the other, your team actually gets people disconnected and you, you know, you're like three versus four or something um, the winning team's points will be decreased um, so it'll make it a little bit fairer because nothing worse than you know, losing when it's not your fault and then you lose like you know, 12 points for, for that uh, that was sex, right? so that's going to be adjusted, which is good news and as for Splatfest changes um, the Vibe meter is now going to be called the Splatfest Power 
and uh, your initial Splatfest power level will be uh, depend on your current uh, rank battle, uh, your rank battle rank, so which is um, pretty cool. So, and yeah, in Splatfest you're more likely to be uh, grouped with people of the same Splatfest power level. And the higher your team's average uh, power level, your team's power level will be, the more Splatfest points you'll get uh, if you win. Um, as for things mentioned in the Nintendo Direct, um, there's uh, now repackages of weapons. And thank Sheld- if you go and uh, talk to Sheldon, you'll be able to see that. Um, so basically, they're trying to get um, people to use weapons which are very rarely used. So, you know, uh, things that uh, weapons that people don't use very much, they're now going to have additional uh, or different uh, sub-weapons and specials. So, yeah, check those out. Uh, as for the next Splatfest, it's going to be uh, in Japan, uh, happening, uh, actually, as I'm recording this, uh, there's a Dragon Quest uh, Splatfest, and it's basically, um, you can choose between two different types of playstyle, I think that's how it uh, translates to. The first one being, like, let's go all out, and that will be represented by a, a she-slime, and um, the other group is called, you know, basically like a... Now let's take care of life, which um, is uh, represented by a heel slime. So that's fun. Hopefully Dragon Quest fans understood what I just said, because I don't. Also, it's kind of interesting that it's another third-party sponsored Splatfest, which um, has happened in the US with the Transformers one and uh, Japan, well, many, many times, like ramen and things like that, but uh, still hasn't happened in Europe, probably because of the, uh, the laws against, you know, certain advertising methods or whatever. Anyway, so if you're in the Japan uh, group, the Japan servers, uh, have fun with that. Or probably past tense by now. I hope you had fun with that. So, that's your splitting update. And until next time, squiddly diddlies. Okay, so Danny, if you don't mind, I'll uh, take over from now. Go for it. I've got a special, special little game here to celebrate the fifth anniversary. So like I said at the beginning of the episode, uh, you know, my, my first son was born, you know, uh, about a, a month after the first Famicast aired. You could probably listen to like episode one or two and, <laughs> and hear me talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so... To celebrate the fifth anniversary of the Famicast and uh, also my son's fifth birthday, I thought we'd play a little game starring my son. This is the first time my son has actually been on the podcast. Not live. He's actually fast asleep right now because it's midnight here in Japan. <laughs> um, so the game is, um, it's called Guess That Amiibo. Um, basically, I showed my son like a picture of like the full Smash Brothers Amiibo range. And I asked him to describe the Amiibos and uh, <laughs> see if I could guess what he was talking about from his description. Well, but we'll, we'll listen to an example. First of all, I, I, I did it with my son. I, I did an example with my son and see if he could guess, and this is what he said. 
He's got a big, fat body. Yeah. And he's got a shell on mm. his back. Yeah. It's very spiky. Mm. And he's got big claws. Mm. And he's got orange hair. And he mm. breathes fire. Bowser. Yeah, that's right. That's how, that's how we play the game. <laughs> Good one. Okay, so that is how you play the game. Um, as you can see, my son is shit hot at it. Uh, he guessed almost immediately. So let's see how you get how you guys get on. So um, we're going to listen to my son's description of amiibos. Now I'll warn you, his descriptions are maybe a little bit more vague than mine. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, he might mention details completely unimportant to the character. Okay. <laughs> and you'll wonder why he mentioned them at all, but. Um, that's all part of the fun, and uh, see <laughs> see if you can guess. Looking so, forward yeah. to it. <laughs> um, yeah. So for the guys uh, listening, you, you know, listening, you can obviously play along and try and guess. But the, these guys, these three clowns, I want you to uh, send me your answer in Skype and uh, see <laughs> see what you get. Okay. Mm -hmm. So yeah, send me a private message on Skype for that. So yeah, let's go ahead and listen to Amiibo number one. It's got a green tail and white bottom of it. <laughs> a white bottom? Yeah. Okay. Green, green legs and a bit of brown shoes mm -hmm. and yellow shoes a bit yellow mm -hmm. and uh, yellow on the bottom too. Okay, so I've got Danny's answer, Cyrus's answer, and Ty's answer. Okay, you've all said the same thing, Yoshi. And Yoshi is correct. It oh. is Yoshi. <laughs> that I, was a really easy one. I think I might not have gotten that if like, I didn't like look up from my computer and I have like, this foot-tall Yoshi standing right here. <laughs> <laughs> Good guys. So you've all got one point each. Uh, well done. That was an easy one to get you warmed up. Mm -hmm. So uh, let's move on to the second amiibo. Could be a little bit more difficult, but uh, try your best. Okay. Here we okay. Go. He's got big, strong, round thing around his hand, mm -hmm. and got a big, big helmet on it, and. He's got red ears a bit. Okay. Now you mm. shoot. Gosh. <laughs> I thought I had it, then I suddenly didn't have it. So, like I said, remember, he could focus on features completely not <laughs> relevant, and maybe even things you would never actually notice about the character. I'm trying to put myself in the mind of a child. This, book. this is what I, I mean. I, I have a mind of a child, but like a younger child. Okay. I feel like I, I need to be looking at the Smash Brothers character select for this. <laughs> I'm really confused because I moved my amiibo to the other side of the room, and now I'm looking. There's no amiibo there. I have to look the whole way back. Mine are literally right next to me, and I still I don't okay, have okay. this one. I, my confidence just went up on this one. So Ty says Samus, uh, Cyrus says Meta Knight, and Danny says Wario. Well, I can confirm that you are all wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so the the hint where there was the helmet. So obviously, I don't know why Danny said Wario. <laughs> I was thinking Wario initially. 
Yeah. It doesn't work. Oh, I guess he meant maybe he mistook hat for helmet or something. Yeah. So yeah. Okay, so Cyrus is probably the only person actually. Oh no, yeah, Ty, you said Samus. She does have a helmet. Um, it's actually and... Mega Man. Um, oh. Because uh, the, if you look at Mega Man, he actually does have like red circles on his helmet, like oh. where his ears would be. Yeah. So my son obviously thought those were his red ears. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. Um, Unfortunately, yeah, none of you got that one right. But I don't blame any of you for not getting that. <laughs> I have this amiibo. I'm holding it in my hand right now. <laughs> Does he have... Danny, can I... you confirm? Does he have red ears? He has red ears. <laughs> <laughs> I dread to think you put these in order from easiest to hardest. Uh, I kind of random. The first one was easy, and then the rest are kind of, I don't know. It could be easy, okay. it could be hard. Okay, so let's move on. We're still on one. All of you are on one. So let's move on to Amiibo number three. Here we go. The next one, it looks like yellow face. Mm -hmm. It looks like uh, it's got red boots, red boots, mm -hmm. and red orange, I mean, orange hat, big sumo wrestler. Okay. thing. It looks a bit oh, like sumo wrestler punchy things. Okay. <laughs> right. And it's got red tongue and a black mouth like this. <laughs> oh, God, this is hard, I think. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is interesting. So, Tai and Sai, you both gave the same answer as King Day 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 or DDD. And Danny, Danny's <laughs> going for Wario again. <laughs> I about him this time. Okay, so the yellow face. Uh, does Dede have a yellow face? He's got a big yeah, yellow beak. Maybe, okay. So the big yellow face and the punchy things. So I guess Dede does have, like, punching. Does he have, like, boxing gloves He has, gloves like, on? big, like, mitts. Right, right. Yeah, so you, you, you're on the right lines with that. So I'm almost kind of want to give Ty and Sai like a kind of half a point or something. A it's point. actually The answer is actually Pac-Man. Oh, you no, know, the answer is actually Wario, but it's... <laughs> like, as soon as it started, I'm like, okay, it's definitely Pac-Man. Okay. Big red boots. Then he was like, orange? I'm like, what? Alright, I don't have the right. DLC characters in this picture I'm looking at. That's my... He does actually have orange... Yeah, orange boxing gloves, and he's got, you know, the like you said at the end, the black mouth, you know, the yeah. Pac-Man black mouth. And I, I thought, like, mustache equals mouth, and I was like, okay, sure. Now I'm you. only listening to the first thing your son says. Everything after <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's probably a good uh, good uh, technique. So, I don't know. Do you want, guys want pity points? <laughs> no, no. If, okay, well, if no pity, okay. Points, I'll take them. Okay. Maybe, maybe if there's a tie at the end. Okay. Um, so we're all on one, or maybe 1.1 1. 1 for tie and side. I think uh, is for saying Wario twice. <laughs> yes, that's right. Number three, baby. Here we go, Amiibo number four. It's got pink shoes, mm -hmm. and then the hair is a bit grey. Not grey. Not grey. And he's, she got blue eyes. Mm -hmm. Okay. And she's got blue around here, something. Nicholas. Oh, boy. <laughs> Have you noticed the, the flip-flop between he and she? 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> please understand. Um, I like the very descriptive, a blue thing around here. That, that's right. <laughs> okay. He was, he was kind of pointing to his kind of neck area because that's why he said necklace, right? So. I'm not cheating and looking at things. I'm just guessing from my memory. Yeah. I'm I, don't, I, don't, I don't care. If you look at... If you look at an amiibo list, I don't care. Like you've got the Smash roster or whatever, whatever. Yeah, it's not a lot of help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, I don't know if it would help or not, but you guys just give up. I already got the right answer here. <laughs> Pink shoes. I can't see the shoes on the character select screen. <laughs> <laughs> you need the amiibo select screen. Right. Okay, well, this is interesting. Danny and Ty have the same answer, Rosalina, mm-hmm. and Cyrus has gone for Sonic. <laughs> is, that, is that because of the blue thing? Blue and maybe pink equals red. Rosalina's okay, place. but does Sonic wear a necklace? I don't think so. Uh, well, Ty and Danny, you're probably the closest. It was actually uh, Princess Peach. That's what I wrote. Um, <laughs> I don't know why he said she had grey hair. I don't. Maybe he doesn't know the word blonde. I don't know. Yeah, that's what said grey. I'm like, is it weefish? But, but he said grey. No, not grey. Yeah, <laughs> but the blue. I think she. If you do, if you look at the picture of Princess Peach, I think she does have like a blue necklace or like a blue blue pearl in her necklace or something like that. She's got the big blue earrings, maybe. Yeah, and also the pink shoes was the well. Cyrus, if you'd listened to your own advice and gone for the first thing, the yeah, first but then hint. I was like, who the hell has pink shoes? Sonic, <laughs> <laughs> He's not colorblind. <laughs> <laughs> Although he did say Peach had uh, gray hair, so we might have to get him checked. <laughs> okay, you guys are sitting on a fat one all. Um, we're going into the last amoeba, so <laughs> let's see. I'm leaving in pity points, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. So, amoeba number five. This is the last one. Here we go. Come on, guys. Pull it together. It's got green super punching power one. Mm-hmm. It's got to not short like this. Mm-hmm. And it's the other side is short. Like this too. Okay, yeah, his arms. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he's got short trousers. And green short trousers. Green short trousers. And okay. top, mm-hmm. short one. Mm-hmm. And his back. And he is a bit white. Okay. Okay, now you. I went with the first sentence. Okay, so Danny and Cyrus seem pretty confident. Yep. And Seems easy. I'm wondering if it's a trap. <laughs> okay, you've all gone for the same answer, Little Mac. And I can confirm that it is indeed Little Mac. Well done. Hey. So, you're all on 2 or 2.1 for, <laughs> for Cyrus and Ty, I guess. As long as someone loses, <laughs> I'm okay with Danny. I'm losing. It's obvious here. <laughs> Multiple <laughs> reasons, you know. Wrecked. So, yeah, there you go. Thank you for playing, and uh, thank you for your continued please understanding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> we, can, we can maybe revisit this feature if I can, you know, capture my son's attention for uh, a few minutes <laughs> again in the future. Fun. I would totally enjoy doing that again. <laughs> There's a lot of amiibos to go through. 
But I don't think my son actually knows all of them. Like when we get to Fire Emblem characters, I mean, how the hell is he going to describe them? They're all the same. They're all the same. <laughs> it's like guy with a sword. This yeah. is a guy with a sword. This is a guy with a cape. Maybe you should ask yeah. him to describe a whole game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the net code. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Okay, so that's the end of our super special five-year anniversary game, Guess That Amiibo, starring the the kid who was born around about the time the Famicast was born. There you go. Boom. Yes. Cool. Yeah. We're going to have to work on that title. James Famicast <laughs> Charlton Jr. <laughs> that is his full name, by the way. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back. Alright, and we're back with some feedback from you guys, and if you want your email, comment, complaints, whatever, read on the air, you can go ahead and send us an email to FamiCast, wait a second, the FamiCast, no, FamiCast <laughs> at internalworldreport.com. If you yeah, want to hit right. us up, if you want to hit us up on Twitter, that is, you can follow us at the FamiCast. Um, as always, too, you can leave some kind of a feedback in the talkback below, and get your question or comment read on the air like these guys, or this guy. <laughs> so, Did you mention that we're recording this after midnight because uh, a few hints. It doesn't matter. I'll still make mistakes even if it's like 9 o'clock in the morning. It's an um, epic show, Dan. Yes. So this actually email comes from a long-time listener, maybe, uh, Jason Mabone via email. And uh, he had a couple of different kind of life in Japan related questions for us here. And uh, I'll go ahead and start reading some of these. Maybe we can just kind of rapid fire kind of answer this type of stuff. So uh, what are each of your favorite and least favorite Japanese foods? Meals, snacks, drinks, etc. Now, please describe the tastes. Uh, and I guess with this too. Okay, have you given the food you dislike multiple chances before giving up on it? So I guess that all that's all kind of related. Um, oh yeah. So let's uh, go. Let's go. Yeah, favorite food in Japan. Go. Uh, I'm a big. Can you describe what yakiniku is for those of the other? Yakiniku is like literally fried meat. There in the name. And uh, so you you go into a restaurant that they put down a grill, like a flame grill in front of you, and then they give you raw meat in little small slices, easy enough to pick up with chopsticks, and you just cook the meat right there on the grill in front, and Mm -hmm. then eat it. I believe believe it's just Korean barbecue. It's the Japanese variant. We right. don't have Korean barbecue in Ireland, so I don't know what if that's a common thing to get to this. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, it's it's just the best. Like, the meat is so nice, and I love meat. Every time I go, I get the all you can eat, all you can drink, and I'm usually <laughs> drinking like doubles with double whiskey coke, sometimes triples, and eating a lot of food, and then yeah. Yeah, if you want <laughs> a good, decent price for all you can eat, yakiniku, that is a happy service. Yeah. Then go into the emergency ward immediately after. <laughs> no, I'm fine. Just feel, you know, maybe after you throw up at the next at night or something, you'll feel fine the next day. 
just like just like GTA, you just wake up at home <laughs> in your underpants with, with a hundred dollars less in your wallet and you know an arm missing. That's that's about right. Uh, Ty, how about you, man? Uh, you know, I realistically, it's probably something boring like sushi, but I'm gonna go ahead and say a big grilled squid. Oh, okay. Uh, the, the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, like you get at a uh, matsuri. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talked, about, we talked about that, Ty. You and I. It was a special like matsuri episode. We talked about um, that, and I think that came up. You talked about that back then too. I know because it's great. Yeah, yeah. Right. Cool. And then like you know, I, I talked to my family back in the U.S. and they're like, "Wow, you ate that? That's so weird." Like, Come on. <laughs> yeah. It is kind of weird. Um, yeah, that's why I ate it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, James, how about you, buddy? Uh, Danny, you, you go. I'll go last. Okay. Well, I, I, a lot of you guys are probably out there know what this is. Okonomiyaki, um, sometimes simplified as the Japanese pancake. I, <laughs> that's I not really, really a good description. Yeah, it's not. So it's this savory pancake, right? Pretty much. There's a lot of stuff you can put in there, and there's usually some kind of cabbage and sometimes like octopus. I've even seen kind that are like pizza flavored. <laughs> yeah, there's like like all these different regional ones. Oh yeah. Yeah, the, my Osaka king of, uh, or not Osaka, Hiroshima is the king of. Uh, of it depends too. I mean, you know, okonomiyaki down there as opposed to like up and around Tokyo, it's just a different taste too. So. That one's better. Yeah, okonomiyaki is layers of delicious stuff. It's right. basically, basically like just stuff that you like, just whatever, just thrown together in this pancake thing. Yeah. And it yeah. turns out great. Yeah. It's yeah, good. If you're I ever guess... in Hiroshima, it's kind of a famous place. It's like this one building. It's like four floors, and uh, it's just four floors of different okonomiyaki restaurants. Each floor has about six restaurants on each floor. And uh, it's just like it's a big tourist thing if you look it up, like Okonomiyaki Building Hiroshima, and it's amazing. You can get unbelievable Okonomiyakis in that place. Cool. Well, as the only vegetarian on this podcast, everything you said up to now is revolting, apart from Okonomiyaki, because you can do like a veggie version of that. Which is pretty I mean, good. pretty much is all veggies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my favorite is actually tempura, uh-huh. and uh, probably like like a sweet potato. Oh, tempura God. or um, uh, probably okay. like a rencon. Rencon, which is, a, what is it, lotus root? Lotus root. It's kind of like, like, a, like a cartwheel kind of thing. That's mm-hmm. really well, one of my favorite vegetables, actually. So good, rencon. So, yeah, so good. Like, if you get tempura, like, back home, like, for me, England, it's like the, the oil is just wrong. It's just, like, too heavy right. and oily and greasy. Like, in Japan, it's just, like, this beautifully light fried thing that, you know, you can eat loads of without feeling nauseous, which is good. Right. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. So have there ever been any foods that you guys have just disliked? And even if you give it like, you know, like you said, give multiple chances before giving up on it. Because I got oh, one. And I think natto. everybody. Yeah. It's got to be natto, yeah. right? Yeah, I, I had a feeling everyone is going to say natto. Yeah, I've tried, I've tried it probably like almost a dozen times. And natto is uh, fermented soybeans, but they right. keep it in its kind of goo, like a sticky goo, and it's it smells revolting, it tastes revolting, it's sticky, it tastes like you know glued together beans. It's like it is disgusting. Yeah, I can eat like it now. Or Vegemite, like 
those are really, you, you know, Vegemite, Mermite, the kind of things you either hate them or you love them. That's what mm -hmm. natto is. You either despise the stuff or you think it's great. Yeah, actually, it's true for Japanese people, right? Like, there are Japanese people who just don't like natto as well. Right. And it's the first question that uh, Japanese people ask you when you, yeah. if you're having a conversation about food, they say, what's your name? And the second question is, can you eat natto? Can you eat natto? <laughs> <laughs> So, and usually, yeah, the always the answer is no, because that's what the answer they're expecting, because you're a dirty foreigner. That's when you just say, yes, absolutely, I eat it every day. <laughs> Deal with it. I mean, Psych. I, I, I get to eat it. Now, it's just like a, a non-preferred food. Like, you know, I'll eat it, whatever. Actually, there is a way to eat it. Like, um, if you fry it, like, that's actually acceptable. If you, like, deep fry it. <laughs> How about and goes, like and it goes crispy? How about drowning it in like oil and mustard? Uh, you can. People put yeah. mustard on it and stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of sticky foods like like okra, which is I think you can get that vegetable anywhere now. But yeah, like yeah. it used I, to there, be a Japan only thing. But that's also kind of sticky, and I'm not a big fan of it either. But yeah, whatever. like uh, I can eat it. Like I don't think even the flavor is so bad. It's just like the texture of it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like. It's basically eating like a, a big, gross, squishy nest of spiders. That's what yeah, it's I guess, like. <laughs> I guess this kind of leads into his next part of his email. It says, have you eaten any Japanese food that makes you sick? You know, nausea, upset stomach, vomiting, diarrhea. It's fish eggs, but you get a fish and you stuff the fish eggs inside the fish and then you eat it. What is that, shish shishamo? Yeah, that's that's reverse that's engineering. I yeah. really don't like that stuff. I really just don't like that. Anyway. You're talking about the little, it's like little fish, right? Yeah, little fish, and they're kind of just fattened up with their own eggs. And usually, like, like usually deep fried or something? Yeah. It's, I hate that shit. <laughs> Maybe not even, like, it might, it might taste amazing, but just the thought of it is like, nah. It's that, and the, the, it's, it's, for me, a lot of the times, it's like texture. Um. I mean, I'm from the Midwest in America. Like, we eat, like, potatoes and meat, you know, like chicken and beef and pork. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's, for me, it was a lot, I had to change a lot of things about what I eat, right, what I eat when I came here to Japan. Um, just eating a lot of things that you're not used to. A lot, lots more seafood. And, you know, a lot of stuff's great, but then sometimes you just have stuff, the texture is just completely different than anything you've ever had. And you just can't get past it sometimes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there's another question that I totally just skipped over because I'm an idiot. Uh, is there any food that you wish was in Japan but isn't or is there here but it's hard to find? Yeah, lots of things. Where to yeah. start? Little Debbie's? Snack <laughs> yeah, lot, lots of snacks and candy. Yeah. Like almost the, the only popular Western candy here is Kit Kat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. They go, they go nuts, nuts with the Kit Kats, right? Yeah, it's actually yeah. probably better. Kit Kats are probably better in Japan than anywhere oh, really? else. They are because there's like <laughs> ten different kinds. In my oh, right. cupboard right now, I have pumpkin cheesecake. <laughs> I have sake flavored. I have pancakes. I've got apple. Sake raspberry. Mm -hmm. Raspberry is amazing. That's definitely one of the best ones. Pumpkin yeah. is well up there too. Melon yeah. was pretty good. Yeah. Until recently, for me, it was like mint-flavored stuff because for some reason Japanese people hate mint flavor and orange-flavored stuff. Mm -hmm. So like you know, like mint chocolate and orange chocolate was so hard to find in Japan because like it's just 
so repulsive for Japanese people for some reason. But recently, actually, if you look in import stores, you kind of get it now, which is good. Even like for there's this brand of ice cream here called Super Cup. I think they have uh, taco <laughs> or like a chocolate mint flavor. Mint, yeah. And it's yeah, with ice ice cream, it's a, it's not so bad. But like, I just mean just straight up chocolate, you know. Yeah. Or a candy bar. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes some of that stuff they wait. It's seasonal because it's summertime. You need to have chocolate. You need to have mint then because it's cool. It's like no, yeah, I yeah, want yeah. this all year round because it's. Like I I guarantee it. Like you know, like ten you know twelve years ago when I first came to Japan, there was no mint flavored things whatsoever. Believe me. Right. I look for it. It's it's funny when you like those like all the things we're talking about, you know, like the flavor differences between like Western people and Japanese people are very different. Like, you know, like yep. a chestnut flavored thing. Everything is chestnut flavored. Chestnut cake, chestnut chocolate. It's natural. Chestnut flavored coffee, whatever you want, has got chestnuts in. But then you ask for something with orange flavor, and it's like, God, orange. <laughs> What's wrong with you people? You know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, can I have a sakura flavored one or a sake flavored one instead, please? <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's good. Hey. But yeah, I mean. Oh yeah, that's a good. One. When when you first come to Japan, if you come here to live, even just for any any period of time, you're probably. I mean, you're obviously going to be missing some of the stuff that you ate back home. But then you kind of start to discover, and it, I think it's changed a lot. As kind of like James said, especially over the past decade and a decade and a half. I mean, there's there's a lot more avenues and a lot more ways that you can get food from your where you're from, uh, whether it be that import stores or even like ordering stuff online or whatever. Or well, Danny, the, first, the first thing yeah. when you arrive in Japan is you're gonna start losing weight fast. Yeah, and your <laughs> stomach most... is gonna make all these crazy sounds as you adjust to the food. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, most people say they, they lose weight when they come to Japan because I springboarded back. I uh, I gotta I gotta work on this. You gotta you gotta find a good balance, you know. You, you, the first year you're here you don't know what to eat and you're like, Oh god, I can't eat anything and then suddenly you find all these things you lo- you like and then you pile it back on, right? And then you start eating <laughs> pasta every day and drink a two liter of cola. I did that well. well. <laughs> Japanese That's just you. impression of being overweight is radically different to the rest oh, of the world. Yeah, I think I tweeted I tweeted a picture about that, right? The Japanese before and after Weight Watchers. Yeah. It's like in America the <laughs> the before and after would be yeah. Is like the after picture in America. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's 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 kind of ridiculous, and that that gets kind of annoying. I remember at one point I was. Probably some of the best shape of my adult life. I think I was down to like almost 80 kilograms or something, and I was going to the gym. Clinically obese in Japan. And then people were like, "Damn, Danny, you're fat." And I'm like, "Oh <laughs> God!" It's just that stuff gets annoying. But and that's when the drinking and the Kit Kat eating started. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> Good. Yeah. So yeah, that's a little bit of life in Japan for you. So yeah, honestly, I mean, nothing's really ever made me sick <laughs> that I've eaten here. Um, I I I ate some out of date tofu once and that made me sick. <laughs> I, I I like I like tofu, but I just ate out of date tofu. In, <laughs> in general, I find Japan like if you come here to visit, Japan is great because you're all you're only eating like the good food. You're having all this fun stuff. If you live in Japan, the first few months are pretty rough. Yes. Yeah. 
you have to eat more than just restaurant stuff and it's really hard to get food but once you get past that japan has a really like rich unique food stuff so it's pretty good you will find something cool that you really like for sure right and sakura flavored pepsi yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's just come out oh god please enjoy uh, I think uh, last summer I maybe ate something that was didn't agree with me. I'm not sure. Right? I, I got mysteriously ill, like full body itchy rash, like, oh, God, what happened? And I still don't know what caused it. I do know that uh, I bought some mushrooms at the store and I cooked them up and ate them. Okay. <laughs> I don't. They were great, and I don't think they were the cause, but they might have been. Ty, when you say store, do you mean guy <laughs> guy on the side of the street? No. <laughs> <laughs> what are you buying? What are you selling? No, these are shrink wrapped, and I soaked them in butter and fried them up, and they were so good. <laughs> but I'm afraid to buy buy them again. Uh, actually, Ty, you know the last time I had mushrooms, I threw up. But that, but at the same time, also had eight tall boys of beer. So that might have <laughs> yeah, something, that might have something to do with it. It might have been the mushrooms. I don't know. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Call Ace Attorney. What to solve that puzzle? Right. So may, maybe I'll go buy another round. It's a see if I have a, a weird allergic reaction again. <laughs> that's the smart thing to do, right? I think I might be allergic to this. Let's buy more and find out. Like I've never had an allergy in my life. I'm. 34 years old. Drink and years, it'll uh, help it. Maybe. I don't know if people develop allergies that late in life. They I do did. in Japan. I did. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, you discover things you're allergic to because you're eating new foods that your body has never had before. So, I guess. I mean, you know, I, I eat my other mushrooms all the time, the legal ones. <laughs> 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 so yeah, maybe I, I will go buy another round of mushrooms and I'll tell you if I die. <laughs> or, you, <laughs> or you grow bigger or invincible or something. Right? Anything's possible. Alright, I, I will Sorry, report back. Okay. I, I'll, I'll take one for the Famicast. Cool. We'll see if I'm allergic to these particular mushrooms. And if you don't report back, we know what's happened. Right. Ripping. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Well, you know, we had another great email from Anthony Dranfield. Um, it's it's a pretty long one, and I really wanted to talk about it, but it, like I said, we're running a little bit long here with this. It's getting really late, and um, yeah, I think we might be bringing it to a close here uh, very shortly. We're going to take another musical break and be right back to close out the show. close out the show um so we're gonna go ahead and give you a twitter handle and um <laughs> danny's lost it yeah i, I kind of have uh it's getting a little bit late but uh, you know for me if you want to follow me on twitter uh you can follow me at danny biv d-a-n-n-y-b-i-v uh, 
<laughs> S at the end. Um, still haven't followed up on him. Um, we should have had him on for the five-year special, but we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> right. He's such a big part of the show without he him actually really knowing about is. it. He really is. I don't know what we're going to do without him. I don't know what happened to him. He just quit talking to us. But uh, James, how about you, man? Where can we find you? Uh, at Family Complicated. Uh, mm-hmm. Just, uh, yeah, I retweet stuff related to Japan or, uh, yeah, occasionally uh, troll Nintendo Directs when there is one. <laughs> just retweeted an uh, offer from uh, Nintendo. They're re-releasing Nintendo Selects for oh. 20 squids. All mm-hmm. games are 20 squids and uh, some good games. Looking into buying some. And also on the eShop, they're going to be reduced as well. Good oh, time. great. Good. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. All right, and uh, Cyrus, how about you, man? You can find me at Celsi, C-E-L-L-S-A-I. Right. Uh, I mainly talk about Street Fighter, cool stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, Ty, how about you, man? Uh, my Twitter handle is SuperCatDrugs. Mm-hmm. I tweet about... Uh, the Islamic State of Iraq and Syria, and anime <laughs> girls. <laughs> Perfect combination. Um. <laughs> so, Danny, here's to another five years, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of hard. 150 in the year, I don't know, 2021. Something like that. And, you know, as of right now on the podcast feed, including this episode, we have 81 total episodes of Famicast-related content, including, like... Yeah, including the telethons and all that. Type oh, of stuff. right, right. So and uh, maybe some other stuff like I don't know. Could be. I don't, the other <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, it's. I, wow. I got some ideas. I got some ideas we can do for the future, and uh, maybe some uh, special episodes that we can do. Cool. Uh, I'll keep them cards, my cards to the chest in case they don't actually come to fruition, and I sound like a liar. Good way to. <laughs> that's a good strategy there. I got ideas, and let's hope they come into fruition anyway. Cool, cool. Yeah, good times. Well, we hope you and, guys uh, have yeah, enjoyed this episode, and hopefully <laughs> the ones before, too. Are people still listening at this point? Isn't it like three hours long? Yeah, probably not. <laughs> it's over. If, if you are still listening, thank you. Yes, thank you. Please leave us some kind of weird message to let us know that <laughs> you made it this far. Call your mom. She's worried about you. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So, all right. I think we're going to go ahead and end it here. Thank everybody out there for listening. And uh, thank you guys for joining me here tonight. And, yeah, let's just give it another five more years or something, right? Gonen omedeto. Anime (laughs) gozaimasu. Peace.
looking slick at all times when I'm flipping. Bar sipping, car dipping, Grant Wood, Grant gripping. Still tipping on still tipping on four rolls, four rolls, four rolls, four holes, and no hacking, and no hacking. So blowing on that endo, GameCube, Nintendo. Well, let's go ahead and just get the thing kicked off proper here. Hey, this is cool. Have you noticed in the agenda? What the fuck? <laughs> it's kind of fucked up anyway, because it's got a 30-minute rant as, like, one of the sections. With us. <laughs> well, it could be one of the sections. <laughs> it, it might be. GameCube Nintendo. Navels. <laughs> Stop. Cyrus, Cyrus, you understood that, right? Uh, not a notion. Really? Okay. Navel gazing. Well, I, I, I know the phrase navel gazing. I thought it was some inside joke I'm missing out here. Right. They, do they not know what navel gazing is? No, they don't. Oh, wow. Those are that's, weird. That's what I mean. <laughs> Urban dictionary. It's on the Urban Dictionary. There you go. Navel gazing. Slang. Excessive introspection, <laughs> self-absorption, or concentration on a single issue. Speaking uh, of navel gazing, I think we're navel gazing on navel gazing right now. <laughs> yes. Hold on. Let me just double check his name at a point. Okay. I think it's Liam. Is it Liam Patterson? Because Dan, 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 Danny's got freaking Liam Neeson in my head now. <laughs> Liam Neeson. Bowser, what kind of Japanese kid are you raising? He's going to get made fun of at school. <laughs> He's bilingual. He knows both. Okay. Bishizio. Street Fighter names are you teaching him? <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll maybe get onto that a bit later. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great transition, Danny. <laughs> You're like that newscaster with his head in his hands, like, oh, God, we'll be right back. Go to commercial. Takes a shot of bourbon. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what's better? Yes. Well, um, God fucking damn it. <laughs> ah, welcome to Japan, where houses are heated by kerosene. Okay, turn this fucker off. Hold on. Pause. Go ahead, James. Wow, you are so angry. He's so angry at his heater. I get you. Don't, don't tell me the name, remember? Mm. Mm -hmm. Ouch. Dr. Mario, I do.